State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. You may hear the noise behind me. We are live and direct Las Vegas Canelo Jacobs fight week. Biggest fight of the year. Middleweight unification. Canelo Alvarez bringing two world titles and that lineal crown to T-Mobile Arena on Saturday to face IBF title holder Daniel Jacobs. I know the odds are favoring Canelo, but look, folks, you already know this is a 50-50 fight, a close one on paper. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Of course, you can listen to our full preview on our boxing podcast from earlier this week. This, though, is bonus, and it's live and direct. It's interview time. Not going to want to miss what is coming next for you. Special thanks to the good folks at Golden Boy for setting us up nicely here as we've got some and intense sound that you can only expect from the SOC. You know where I'm going with that. All right. We're going to break down the fight at detail with the experts. I'm going to take you on the inside. We're going to examine hashtag load watch 2019. If we have to a few times, of course, we're going to uncork that untestable, unmistakable performance enhancing audio coming your way. So please look when it is holiday season coming up, please Hit us up with that five-star review. Don't fool around anymore, all right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you consume fine audio. And be sure to be on the lookout this week on CBS Sports HQ. Yes, you know, you're 24-7, live and direct, all sports, all the time, streaming live, network, on your phone, on your tablet, on your TV, your boy BC, in Vegas with my main man, Dane, my super producer, hitting you up all week with HQ Updates, analysis, interviews with Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs, all the biggest names. But right now we're talking podcasts and we had a heck of a day Thursday media day here in Las Vegas getting ready for this fight. And look, as you know, folks, this is the biggest sports weekend of the year every year. It's not just my wedding anniversary weekend. Sorry, wife. Bad idea to marry a boxing writer on Cinco de Mayo weekend. Good Lord. But, uh, you know, this week is. Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, big rivalries in MLB, the biggest fight of the year. Canelo Jacobs streaming exclusively live on DAZN this Saturday, but it is also Kentucky Derby weekend, the kickoff to the Triple Crown. And you know that old school broski, the OG himself, hammering Hank Goldberg, takes you straight to the source on CBS Sports to get you those winning horse racing picks. Let me tell you about last year. All right, Hank, all over Justify early. After talking to a timer in California, who's he going to talk to this year, right? The guy parking cars, somebody knows something. Hammer and Hank's going to find out who is the hammer on for this year's Derby. You know where you can find out? Go to sportsline.com, click on Kentucky Derby to see Hank's picks for this year's race. Use that promo code Derby, D-E-R-B-Y, to get your first month of picks for just $1. Yes, tell them Hammer and Hank sent you. All right. Well, I added that last part, but you know what I'm talking about here. Hey, look, let me tell you the guest list for today. And as you know, we're going to have two bonus podcasts this week. Today, Thursday, also on Friday. Big time names, breaking down the fight, taking you in the inside. Who do we have today? We got some of that DAZN crew, the very colorful Todd Grisham, the top broski himself, Chris Mannix, coming your way. Hey, we got promoter Tom Waffler to take you behind the scenes on this Triple G. Gennady Golovkin heel turn, the search for a new trainer, the move to DAZN, all that good stuff. And talk some super flies, too. If Chocolate Tito's coming back, we got Jesse Vargas not just breaking down this fight, but talking about his move to 154 and his pursuit of a world title. And maybe Jaime Munguia. Wow, you're going to want to hear him talk about that. Sergio Mora stopping by the contender hero, former world champion. 
but really, you know, share his experience inside the ring with Daniel Jacobs. Tell us what needs to go down for the miracle man to complete this, this, this greatest story ever told, as Eddie Hearn calls it. We're also going to be chatting with my guy, your guy, the Rye guy, King Rye, Ryan Garcia. You're not going to want to miss this, folks. You know the ridiculousness of boxing, as Dwyer would say on this show. We're going to talk DMs with Rye guy. We're going to talk fatherhood at age 20. We're going to talk about everyone who's calling him out. You're going to want to listen for that. You know what else you're going to want to listen to? The main event of today's podcast. And that's my two favorite fighters of all time. You have to deal with my fanboyism, okay? It is what it is. Oscar De La Hoya, promoter of Golden Boy, of course, and Sugar Ray Leonard, the legend. He'll be on the call for DAZN, but he's also, you know, he's going he's gonna to take us back, all right? We're going to talk about great fights of old. We're going to talk about his mindset coming into the marvelous Marvin Hagler middleweight title bout. We're going to talk about them hands of stone from Roberto Duran. We're going to talk about his secret, along with Todd Grisham's, by the way, of fighting back the age curve. You're going to want to hear that. You want to hear Oscar talking about the judging and all that. And you're going to want to stick with this podcast all week. Stick with CBSSports.com slash HQ all week for all the good stuff coming your way. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a pause for the cause to hear from our friends and sponsors. But on the other end, you're going to get all that sound from your boy, BC in Las Vegas. Enjoy. All right, and we are live, as promised, on radio slash podcast row. It is Canelo Jacobs weekend in Las Vegas, and I have, to this day, the best podcast guest in America in front of me. Wow. To this day. To this day. To this day. I will not vouch for the cleanliness of his bloodstream, though, but he's his own zone. Todd Grisham <laughs> sitting across from me. A veteran. By the way, let me put you over, Todd. Okay, please. Let's be really honest. That's why I'm here. How many people in the world at the highest level have called boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, and kickboxing? It's you and Moro Ronaldo, bro. That's it. I think me and him should have like a... Uh, cage match just to settle it once and for all. I'm, I'm definitely down with that. Mamma Mia, indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about rarefied air. Congratulations on all your broadcasting success, but I don't care about that. I care about your body. It's a wonderland right now, Todd. <laughs> Tell us what type of PEDs you are taking. Well, me and Jarrell Miller sat down, and we get, came up with a game plan, all right? And uh, it's worked out better for me than for him. You know, everyone here thinks I'm on steroids, and I'm not on steroids. I stopped <laughs> yesterday before uh, I came in town. <laughs> No, I uh, basically it's the diet, man. I only eat meat and vegetables almost all the time. No wow. carbs. I'm a no. A no car- I haven't had a carb since like 1997. A lot of a lot of salads being tossed is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that okay, at all. Okay, okay. It was it was there. I reached for it. Well, the first thing I do is make them toss my salad. All right, okay. let's get that. Let me ask this. you. Let me ask yeah. you. This all is right, a serious you, you question. You lead the interview. Go ahead. You've go been ahead. going off on the. A lot of people are saying, "Hey, he shot his wad on the well, airline." It is hashtag load watch as a movement. But here, I've gone more with the oh, and there's the money shot. Is that oh, okay? Oh, I kind of like that. That is a new thing because, as you know. Load watch is taking off. It's it used to be like once in a while accidental. Oh my god! Did you hear that announcer? He accidentally, you know, he's like, because yeah. it's an old boxing term. Look at this guy. He's going for the knockout. He may have shot his load. You right. know, now subconsciously, it's taking over boxing. I Everyone haven't seen says you it. drop one yet. I, I haven't. I purposely not. I've been next to Mario, uh, to Mario Lopez when he did it. Well, I can. I have proof that Mario Lopez did do that. What you're talking about here? Come on, Campbell, quicker on the board, please. Uh, he he may have shot his watch. Still, those hands I are mean, heavy. You sat next to Sergio Mora. He might have shot his load a little bit. Is there a difference between wide and load? Well, how about this? Maybe he uh, 
He blew his wad early. I don't know what we're doing here, Todd, all right? Hashtag don't get fired, but uh, it's a movement that... There's so many variables to play. You know, and we've had many a broadcaster, professional ones. Not, not jabrones like you and me, like Steve Farhood, and we've been like, Steve, like, what's going on? It's just, it's taking over. And, and no one notices they say these things. No, no. Even Paulie Malnagy said he wouldn't go that far. Wow. He'd go that far outside the wouldn't? ring. Oh, man. Outside the, well, well, would he go that far with his side piece? That's well, what let me I tell you this. Athletes sleep with a lot of women. It's 2013. It's 2013. Athletes sleep with a lot of women. Paulie said it. All yeah. right. You know, you know. I got more girls than Asian bonus got hairs on his head. All right, Paulie. All right. Todd, let's get down to real business, okay? Canelo Jacobs in a second. But congratulations. You've turned 40. And 43, for God's Good sakes. Lord. This, this podcast is three years too late. And you're friggin' ripped. So it's the diet? That's it? If I, you're and telling me if I give up carbs, I can look like TG. Let me put it to you this way. Andre Rogier, who's the trainer yes. for Daniel Jacobs, basically went keto, I think. And in less than a month, less than a month, he's lost 38 pounds. Now, what is keto? Can you break that down? Basically, to sum it up, no carbs, basically. Basically, you eat a lot of avocado. You can eat mayonnaise right out of the jar. That's which, from the Chris which, Algeri playbook. Which you avocado. do already, I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes, yes. And you just don't eat bread, no pasta, no sugar. So I can eat the damn meat. I just can't have the bread is what you're saying. Let me saying. put it to you this way. If me and you go to a buffet here at Las Vegas, yes. which I would never ask you to eat with me, but if we ever did go to a that buffet Brazilian together, place. What's the place you go Bogo to? Bogo de Chow. Yeah. Listen to me. You can get a steak with cheese on it, with bacon on top of that, sausage on top of that, and pour white gravy on top of it and eat it, and I would say that's a healthy lunch. Wow, he made a shot as wide. I don't think you, white gravy is a part of this diet, though, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it yeah. is. Sausage gravy, I believe, has zero, maybe three carbs. You know what Triple G eats? I eat steak every day. Every day he eats steak. Every day. Brian, right? did you just say you can eat the meat? Yeah, yeah. We've said we've accidentally said gross things on this pod. We've established Is this that, a boxing right? podcast? No, what is it's this? more of a lifestyle podcast. It's about, you know, yeah, it's about. But, hey, congrats. Now, here's the thing. You, you, you still got the young face, but you're going full on salt and pepper. I'm trying to dive this stuff out. You're going Let for it. Let me tell it. you this. Do the ladies love Let me tell you salt this. and pepper tan TG right now? Here's who, you don't know who told me to go salt and pepper because I was dying my hair. I was doing just for men. Yes. Bruce Buffer. Oh, wow. I'm sitting next to Bruce Buffer. The voice of the octagon. In Japan. And he says to me, you got to go great. He said, keep it short on the sides. He goes, women Love it. And I'm thinking, sure, older women love it. Yeah. The women I get, in your age. you got age, cougars calling you I'm night telling and day, you, Bruce. The day I did it, from then on out, I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've never regretted it once because it is a hot commodity. I'm telling you, if you go full gray, you might be committing adultery soon. Wow. I'd like to commit adultery <laughs> in my own house one day. All right. You know what happens in marriage. Wow. All right here. Uh, did they shut us down yet? Did the FCC jump in? All right. Uh, I want to ask you this. Um, ask me this? Yeah. You know. A hero of our soundboard on this show is the great Teddy Atlas. And you've worked next to the, the voice of ESPN Boxing for years, Todd, and you're yes. back in the days. Do you have a good story? Do you have something? Because we love Teddy Atlas on this show. He might not care about you, though. You think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way? No, he doesn't care. But can you give us something? Gosh. You got to give me these. You got to give me a heads up ahead of time. I mean, well, you, know, you want a Vince McMahon story? I could shoot him out. You want a Jonathan Coachman story? I got one. Chris Jericho, anything you, like you that? You got to have the chamber ready and loaded. Okay. Uh, what the chamber ready? Uh, and look, loaded. I'm trying okay. to keep it PG. Right? Okay. The good thing about Teddy is you start the round and you say, "Hey, round two here between Campbell and Grisham." And the only thing you have to say after that is, "That was round two. We'll see you in a minute." Yes. Teddy carries the whole round. He, you, he is a one-question interview. You just yes. ask the first question, and he goes. But you love you got to love his honesty. That's my favorite thing. He asks himself questions in the own in, in the interview. He, so one he time, asked, here's oh, yeah. a story. It won't be that entertaining, as most of my stories are. But he sent me a last-second, his 
daughter was getting married, right? Or maybe it was his son. I can't remember which. But his daughter's a lawyer. She's kind of, she's kind of hot, you know. I'll, I'll give him that. Bump, bump your brain. Talk about Teddy Allen's here, kid. Some Staten Island he pulled a man, gun you know, and put it to Mike Tyson's I, I, forehead. He don't think he'll do well, it to your we'll overweight edit that part out. Overweight shirt from 1984. Wearing, this is fine Turkish linen. Come on. You, we got to post a picture of this on your Twitter just so people can see. I this. take I take chances stylistically. All right, I do things that most podcasters won't do. I do stuff that people don't do. I'm telling you. Okay. So anyway, so he's. T- People are talking about the wedding, and it's like a week before the wedding, and he hasn't invited me. So I think he got a guilt trip, right? So he sends me like an RSVP thing literally like a couple days before the wedding. So I think this is a courtesy invite. I'm not going. So the wedding happens, blah, 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 blah. Hey, uh, hey Teddy, how was the wedding? He goes, well, you didn't show up. And I'm like, oh, well. And he goes, he goes and you didn't even RSVP. And, and I you said, didn't even send a gift. And I said, I said, well, that's because he goes, and then he starts to explain to me what RSVP means. He's like, it's a French word, and basically what it means is you send it in so we know how many people are going to show up, <laughs> so then we can plan on the food, and you didn't even send that, so we didn't, and it just completely undresses me about not going to his And you tried to interrupt wedding. him, and he was like, stop that crap. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. Absolutely. All right, all he doesn't right. have time for the noise. He doesn't. He, does. he is a sweet man, though. He Great. has his moments, right? Yes. I love you. I make you a bad. All right, enough nonsense on this podcast. I've been to his charity dinner. He has me on the dais. One of the greatest human beings alive. Love him. Love him on the show. And he should be dead. He, his book, I'll, I'll put his book over oh one more time. Oh, my gosh. His book's incredible. I mean, he, he, he walked, should be dead. He knocked on Donnie Lalonde's door and ready to kill shoot him. him. He ready. was good. He said, I, basically admitting to premeditated murder. But Amazing. it never happened. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm fired. Murder gets me fired up. All right. <laughs> Attempted, All right. premeditated. Yes. All right. Canelo Jacobs is one hell of a fight. I think it's the best in 2019 that we've seen so far on paper. Here's the weird thing, though. You ask any expert around here, Todd, they're saying 50-50 fight. Vegas thinks they know something, giving Canelo as a comfortable favorite here. I'm not going to ask your prediction. You're working on the broadcast. How close do you think this fight's going to be, though? Well, I've made a few bets in my day including going big on this Toronto Raptors tonight because of Chris Mannix's suggestion. However, that's just a little tip for you on your way back to your just room. Just a tip, just for a second, right just before to see you put how on, it feels. Yep. Right before you put on the pay-per-view in your room. Speaking, uh, watch. Yeah, I know, I know where you're, where you're adult, going with that. The adult pay-per-view. Speaking of the tip. I have a group of analysts who receive the tip, they review the tip. Just for a second, just to see how it felt. Keep going. Side note, let me tell you a story. The, the, the uh, slogan for this fight is Mano y Mano, right? Yeah. Max Bredos. You know Max Bredos? Oh, I love Max Bredos. Max Bredos worked with me at WWE for a, a cup of coffee, like six months, right? And then we're, Vince we're in fired this, his we're ass. We're in this hotel, and this is before you could get adult videos on your phone willingly, right? So I, I'm I don't in Max's know room. About that, though. Max had to run downstairs or whatever. So I order a uh, man-on-man porn on his uh, pay-per-view box in his room and turn the TV <laughs> off, right? <laughs> and walk out. Go to my room. He comes back in. <laughs> Text me, goes, bro, put on channel 10 right now. Of course, on my TV, there is no channel 10. He goes, it's gay porn. It's called Mano y Mano. He goes, what is going on here? And I said, I don't know how that happened, Max. So he (laughs) thought I was there for a use. I don't know how long. I don't know how long he watched it. But anytime I see him, I'm like, hey, man, Mano y Mano is on TV tonight, channel 10. Wow, hashtag don't get Back fired. to Daniel Jacobs, back to All right, back to Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez. Yes. I think the reason the odds are like that is because it's, it is a 50-50 fight. But you know this, if it goes to a decision and it's 50-50, who's going to win? 
Um, the Mexican superstar, the money it, man. The one the who sport. always wins the closest. So that's what Vegas is saying. Like, yeah, it, it may be a 50-50 fight, but when it goes to the scorecards like the two 50-50 fights previous against Triple G, we think Canelo will get the nod the way, because the judges like his style or something about him. I read all the comments. I read the negative comments on this podcast where people say, BC, There only are negative comments BC, about this podcast. you're a Canelo hater. But let me remind you, Todd, 2013, the one, Canelo versus Mayweather, I scored that fight, what, 11 rounds to one for Mayweather? Mm-hmm. C.J. Ross had it Majority six, six. decision. I mean, like. Really? The, the, the judges prefer this man. The, so do the women. I mean, you really can't blame them. You know? So so that's my explanation. Do I think Daniel Jacobs, between me and you scoring the fight, will win the fight? I think he very well could. But if it comes to those three judges sitting ringside and it's razor close, I think Canelo gets the decision. Right. So I think Jacobs needs a KO. Wow. All right. What about this? Sometimes in sports, you have happy endings. I'm not talking about girl collection and Floyd Mayweather, all right? What I'm saying is sometimes things get carried to completion. You remember Tim Tebow leading the Broncos to a playoff win when it shouldn't have happened. You remember Lynn Sanity, right, dropping bombs on Kobe. You remember Tyson Fury getting up in the 12th round against Deontay Wilder yes. when he had no business doing so. Correct. Sometimes there's spiritual forces at work. Danny Jacobs First of all, the Miracle Man. First of all, the Miracle Man has a great stick. Danny has a stick. But he also has a great story. Maybe this is the time. Do you go to church every Sunday? No. I try. But I work a lot. Does anyone from your church listen to this podcast? And what are their thoughts? For instance, your spiritual advisor, your preacher, your pastor, what does he think of this podcast? It's very entertaining. He enjoys the sexual innuendo. Well, really, we're just we're we're, we're put we really we put our hands on something that's a trend in the sport. All right. Okay. All right. That's really what we're doing there. <laughs> you got very serious and defensive <laughs> all of a sudden. All right. Uh, my point here is. But keep uh, going. Yes. About the stick. Maybe this. I mean, look. Maybe it goes to completion. All right. Maybe this is just Danny's night. Maybe Danny Jacobs is the boy. As Eddie Hearn once told us. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. Like, you put it on him. Maybe this is just his time where we can predict all we want. Oh, the judges will probably screw Jacobs, but he'll probably be in the fight. Maybe it's just his time. It happens in sports time. Let me ask you this. I know you're a a very religious person. Do you think God intervenes in these situations? I think he could and does when he wants to. Tyson versus Holyfield. I remember Holyfield. I lived in Atlanta. The yes. greatest fight I ever saw because when my dad was alive, he never spent money on pay-per-views. But he's like, you know what? We're going to get Holyfield Tyson one. I have a similar dad story. Yes. I remember Tyson saying to Holyfield, basically, Allah was going to let yes, him win. That this was fight. A and Holyfield said, warfare. listen, before that comment, he would beat me. But I'm telling you right now, once you make it your God versus my God, there's no way he can win. Do you believe that if Daniel Jacobs... No, is blessed uh, by God more than Canelo, he wins this fight. I don't believe it's like if 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 you pray more before our fight, you're going to beat me. Right. But I believe that sometimes in sports, you can't describe it any other way. Mary there's, Lou Retton with the perfect interv- 10. How did she do it? <laughs> <laughs> you can't describe it. You know what I mean, Todd? All right, all right, all right. Enough of that. Um, DAZN, man. This Love is, it. This is, a, this is, a, this is a, a close-up for DAZN. This is a big one. This, this is, is the, the moment. The, the streaming app that was supposed to kill pay-per-view, well, this is their first real mm-hmm. pay-per-view that they're going to kill. If they're, are they going to kill it? We'll see. But how much pressure is on Canelo in your eyes as the face of the app along with AJ? I think it's a lot. He put it on his shoulders. You know, when, first when he got signed, you, we'd ask him about it. 
And basically, he said, I'm a winner. Anything I go into, I want to dominate. I want to be the best at it. So if he signs with DAZN for this massive money and DAZN gets crushed, can't sell subscriptions, that's a reflection on Canelo. We've sure you got AJ, who's a star in England. You got Triple G, who's, you know, but the face of DAZN, no doubt about it, is Canelo Alvarez. A lot of pressure on that man. That's why, the, that's why I give him credit because. Okay, he had the, he played Diva for a while. For two years, he waited Gennady out. Outside of that, he's always fighted the guys that we wanted him to as fans, even when his promoters yes. were like, not yet, not even yet. Even this one. Even this one. He could have fought a David Lemieux right now. Yeah. He could have fought, you know. Of course. And no one really, really would he, well, David Lemieux, who knows if he makes it. I mean, maybe John Skipper would have called back and said, really, Canelo can right. do a little bit better than that? But it's so frustrating. The heavyweight division right now is just so frustrating. It to, it's just like, really? Come on. Just yeah. fight each other. I'm with you. I'm so with people you. are so scared of a loss. And that's the good thing about UFC's matchmaking. They're like, you're fighting this other top guy. Here we go. Let's do it. That's a, that's Sugar a, Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, those days, they boom, boom. You lose, so what? You fight the next killer yeah, and you beat yeah. him. Can you believe, though, with all this talk about judging, that Adelaide Bird was on the ballot for this fight? Can you believe that? Yes. That woman judge who had it even, please. Please, right? Right. All right, all right. I'm, t- I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm really not. I'm really not. The adolescent bird. The adolescent well, bird. thankfully, right. no one listens to this podcast. This or I podcast could be fired is tomorrow. going places, all right? One day it'll get there and we'll all be fired. But What time will this be posted? Because tonight, which is Thursday, I'm doing a Golden Boy show over at the Hard Rock. You're calling Christina. that. I'm calling that. People should watch that where? Watch that on Facebook Live. So Golden we have Boy. had a lot of discussions on this show about you on Facebook Live with Golden Boy, with AC Slater. No AC Slater tonight. It's Todd Grisham and Bernard Hopkins. Not Ooh. sure if you're familiar with them. Ooh. But you have given us memorable moments on this podcast. Have I? I know. Watch it. De- what are you in your DM? No, I'm, I'm getting the fight card for tonight because oh, okay. uh, I'm a salesman. I didn't know if you were trying to DM no, Ryan Garcia to- shirtless picks. I didn't know where you were going with that. But- Yamaguchi Falcao and Christopher Pearson in the main event. It's a rematch from the World Series of Boxing oh, Days, wow. which weren't really pro, weren't Not, yeah. quite amateur. Lomachenko was part of that. Right. But um, you called our hero on this podcast, the great Nico Masias, the rooster, yeah, come here, come here. Here's what people don't know about you, Todd, is you are the front man in a 90s cover band. Todd and the Apologies. Are, is there a future for this band? It's, it's, it's folded. We, you know, the band fell apart. All right. You know, off the, on the stage, like the VH1 uh, shows, on the stage, things couldn't be going better. But off the stage, they were falling apart. Yes. One guy, VH1 presents. One guy knocked up a chick. The other guy, yeah. He, yeah. Our drummer, you know, had a drug problem. Yeah, he was, he was addicted to Flintstones What vitamins. was your favorite song to sing, though, right there? Uh... Far Behind by Candlebox. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't be. Didn't mean hey, to treat you, you all so bad. All right, back to Nico. So, um, The question now is how many beers... Will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in This guy's a folk hero. Yes. He's a weirdo. He walks into oncoming traffic in the middle of the ring, puts his head down, and just says, we're going to bang. I mean, th- I know that's how he was raised. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now- but <laughs> I know he's coming off a two-fight losing streak. He's hurt. Have you seen what these hashtags that he's putting out there? No. I, I- BFJ, bang for Jesus. Wow. He bangs. All right, here's the deal. Is that um, a new bracelet we're at the start I wearing? I think so. WWJD and BFJ? Uh, I don't want to say what's his future. Who knows? But he's fun. Can we get this guy on TV again? I mean, this guy's fun. He's what, fun. What were your interactions with this man? Um, 
sometimes your heroes, it's best that you don't really engage with them because you have this. <laughs> no, no, you have this picture of them, right? Yes. You have this picture of like bang for Jesus. You don't want Nico Macias <laughs> to be a not. You know, of course you want to be a Christian, but at the same time, you want him to like meet you at the at the Western Bar down the street, yes, yes. and you want to do tequila shots and Jack Daniels. Yes, you I'm know, with you on that. I'm Just like you. Shane McMahon and the Undertaker. One time we were at a bar, they would take shots of. Um, Jack, but they wouldn't just take him. They would all do him in their mouth, and then they would gargle for like 10 seconds. Oh, that's a great story. Come which, on, keep going. Which the, the normal human would eventually vomit. Yes, But they would die, gargle yes. and then swallow. Like that was like the man-y, wow. the more man type of way We've to drink the We've covered all shots. the bases in this show. Wow. All right. Well, uh, one time uh, Rafe and I, my co-host, were driving in California. It's snow freak snowstorm on the I-5 in the mountains. We had to reroute through Tehachapi, the home of... Uh, of the damn rooster, it was. It's a. It's a weird. Did place. you stop in? It was snowing. No, we didn't. You do could it. lead a prayer group at his house. That, could, that's we, what you should. That's the next podcast. You and Nico prayer group Southern California. Banging for banging for Jesus. Oh, God. All right. To close here, Todd, and you've been great. I mean, I can go. I, I could go Broadway with you right here, but I'm sure that people want you. Women want you. There's something going uh, on. But Todd, this Saturday in the zone. On right? zone. On zone. I like to say in the zone. Well, right now you're in the zone. All you're right. in the zone. All right. Beginning. All right. I can see it in your I, face. I think it's a 9 p.m. Eastern. People can stream this fight. 19.99 for a month. You can pay. Here's a what one I, year. people are. People are like. I don't know the exact numbers, but what what did the second Triple G fight sell on pay per view? Over a million. Close yeah, to a million. One point one, I believe. So that was what 89. So for 20 bucks, they've got to do a million, right? Twenty dollars, so. but and you're getting the whole month's worth of stuff. But I'm talking about for just this fight alone, twenty bucks. It makes no sense. I said yesterday I hosted the uh, press conference. Yawn. Anyway, I do these things yeah, all the can, time. Can, can, we get, can we get in line with UFC where Dana comes out and just says, uh, "All right, who's got a question?" And then it's like all these ishsters. I'm the telling crowd, you, you know? I, I entered. I was like, and now the head of food and beverage at T-Mobile wants to make a he few had comments. A great perm though, he had a great yeah. perm. Yeah. But anyway, yes, those things are they're out of control. But anyway. Uh, I tried to make it a little lively. What was I talking about? Completely lost my train of thought. Uh, DAZN, $20 a month. Paper. So yes. I, I, basically, I was actually saying, on, I'm like, how's DAZN going to make money on $20 a month? It's insane. But they figured out a plan. They said, listen, $20 a month will give you elite-level fights. You mean, who, if AJ fights Wilder on DAZN for $20? That's, that's ludicrous. But they're confident they can get it done. And it all starts Saturday night, so uh, I'm excited about it, man. You can stream it on your preferred device, your TV, your phone, your PC. Get it's in too the zone. good to be true. The pri- they can't make money at these prices. When where will you be Saturday? Will you be on? I'll the be undercard? calling the undercard. You and Sergio Mora. Sergio Mora, absolutely. I'm going to tell you this, okay? Saddam you guys Ali, are Saddam Ali back in action. You remember him? He oh, beat yeah. uh, Pablo Miguel Cesar Cotto. Cano back in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you and Sergio, are on the rise. You're becoming a top two or three team in boxing. Who's your favorite? Who's number one? I, I do. Look, you either love Moro or you don't. I love Moro. So I think Moro, Paulie, and Al on Showtime are still number one right now. But we weren't kidding when we said you and AC Slater were doing something special. And I think you and Sergio, Sergio a little more serious than Slater. But right. I think it's a great team. I think it might be the second best in all of boxing right now. Wow. Thank you, buddy. To the point where I don't know where your bosses are, but if they were here right now, I'd say, hey, I love the legend, Sugar Ray. Hey, Brian Kenny's a great guy, but he can host the studio. Let's get TG ringside for the big one. I need right? you as my agent. I, I, I'm, I'm available. I'm available. I'd All love right? 
All right. Hey, BFJ for you in your personal life. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. And um, Kate, congrats on all your success. You don't like to talk about it, but what? Four years ago, you were working in the basement of ESPN, yes, right? That's true. That's and I true. would come down there, and you'd bitch and moan to me. I'm just not getting. I was the break. not making enough to support. I'm the family, not. Right? My fa- I said, bro, listen to me right now. You're good. It's going to come. Just be a little patient. Let me help you out. I'll send some emails for you. Right? You gave me some I, old suits because I was wearing. I was wearing like. Gave you. Cl- I clothed you. I bathed you at yes. times. You imagined what I would look like in. Turkish I came to your right? house and watched boxing on my tiny TV. Yes. On your tiny TV, and look at you now. You're on Showtime. You're on Fox. Wow. You're on. What else are you on? Keep coming. What else are you on? Uh, Showtime, Fox. You got your own podcast. CBS Sports. CBS Sports. Uh, MMA Fighting's uh, MMA uh, you're Hour. Everywhere. Um, I'm sorry, the MMA B. Uh, also, I used to be in DAZN. They don't call me anymore, though. All well, right. I mean, for good reason. You're not that great at doing that. But right. podcasting, All right. All also right. not great. But still, you got a little bit of a following. You got your little. Your little uh, board here that you hit the buttons and make the funny make, noises. Make the little funnies, yes. Give me your, what's your go-to if you need a quick laugh? What's your best one? I mean, we we hit that one a lot. The zipper opens, right. okay. You know what I mean? We, you know, uh, remember Car- remember Mayorga in, in the Vernon Forest fight, the first one yes. in his corner? when he smoked his that, Hey, that black guy, he hits hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's banging for Jesus. Yeah. Come on, let me, let me put some water on your ball. You know, we got some great ones, all right? Oh. We, I got 16 pages of sound here. Right? Right. I and I love the fact days. you're so quick. I mean, I could go on for days. But um, it was great talking to you. I got to close with one more thing. Okay. I saw a very handsome man this week in Las Vegas, all right? Chris Algeri, oh. the, the Avocado King. Have avocado you, King, the Fighter's Kitchen, his, his cookbook's coming out. Have you hung with the guy yet? In Malaysia. We called Manny Pacquiao's fight against Lucas Matisse in Malaysia. We were there all week. What kind of slaying happens? Long pause. Long, long pause. Long pause. No slang happened. No slang. Ha- there was. I didn't. I didn't ask. Let's put it to you that way. All right, but 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 the he's a, he's a, he's. You a, go into the haunted house. You come out the end of, other end. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. I don't say what happened in there. He's a handsome, outgoing gentleman. Though. Yes. Yes. All right. And he's a. And the thing is, he's got a feminine side. A ma- oh, wow. If oh, there's wow. such a thing, he's got the masculine, feminine side. Where are we going here? Where are we going no, here? but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, he's yeah. very in touch with that. All right, and I it's good. The part about me being horny all hours of the day. Not all hours of the day, right? Right. Few hours of the day. Few hours of the day. Yes. Of the day. No, but not all. Are yeah, you hitting yeah. spearmint rhino while you're in town? No, I will not be doing. Look, I am a Christian man. All right, <laughs> come on. I believe in miracles in the fight game. So hey, I'm picking Danny Jacobs. That's just, that's, that's a, that is what it is. Okay? It's a good bet to make. All I right. mean, what is it? Uh, plus three hundred now. You it's bet plus hundred two thousand on the draw. By the way, I cashed in on the wow. draw for Golovkin. I uh, like that bet. Canelo won because I knew I would give the fight to Golovkin, but the judges would even it out. And in this fight, I probably think I'm going to score it for Jacobs. Although we'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe those judges even it out, and you cash in big. Tell him Uncle Todd said. Do you, you know. think Canelo can knock Jacobs down? Not in a fight this big. And what I mean by that is in a fight this big, you are so focused in where you tend to see the punches coming. So Golovkin, Triple G, the second one, the, the all-action brawl, they both saw the punches coming, yeah. and they bit down, and they ate them, and they, they were man well, in keep there. keep this in mind. But how you get knocked down is when you don't see the punch come. Keep this in mind, and no, no offense to my broadcast colleague, Sergio Mora. He yes. is not a heavy hitter, but he put Danny Jacobs on he his did. rear end. Dimitri Pirog sent Jacobs to hell once, too. You huh? know? So... Ah, it's there, and it's Canelo there. yesterday at the press conference was very adamant. If I see the opportunity, I'm going for it. Wow. Do you know? Don't forget what Danny Jacobs once said on this show. I'd stop Canelo. I'd knock Canelo out. Wow. Okay. Okay. Fight of the year. 
Fight of the year. Let's you're make here. it happen. In the zone you're Saturday not, night. You're not sitting in the basement at ESPN wow. anymore in Bristol. You're wow. you're here. Wow. You're part of the program. Man. All right, Todd. Thank you for your time and service in this pod. Thank you. Thank you. For your for your time in the gym. You're really an inspiration to guys like me who are 40 and washed. Bacon, steak, gravy, cheese. Eat it for a month straight. You'll look like a million dollars. In my Turkish linen shirt. Yes. You All look right. like a tub of goo right now. But we can get you in shape. <laughs> All right. We're out. Now sitting across from former world champion, one of the best rising analysts in boxing today, I may say. All right, Sergio Mora. I told Todd Grisham that early. The pair, the two of you. I don't know if you got it in with the DAZN execs, but you guys <laughs> together should be calling the big dance, brother, because this works. There's chemistry there, man. Lot, you know what? Me and Todd have a lot of chemistry, man. And you know why? It's because uh, he, he comes from another world of excitement, of bringing the colors to life and bringing that, that youth and that vigor. But the boxing is where he, he lacks. And then that's where I come in. So I'm, I'm feeding off of him. He's learning off of me. And then we like breaking each other's balls. So that's always fun. <laughs> we do have a rule in life you have to follow when being friends with Todd Grisham. Great guy. You can work with him. Don't go out with him or you may end up shirtless, broke, and pregnant. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning on the job. <laughs> All right. It's Canelo Jacobs weekend. And obviously not only will you be on the call for DAZN, but you've got great experience having fought Daniel Jacobs twice, having knocked the fella down. By the way. I love that moment in Brooklyn because of the vigor. Because you got knocked down, you get back up, you catch him with a hook. Tell me if I'm wrong. You looked at him and said, like, almost like, what's up, MFR? That's exactly what I said, but not what's up. Uh, because I, I, didn't expect it, I didn't expect to get knocked down. I expected this fight to go into the distance. I didn't, even, I didn't even, my strategy wasn't even unfolding. I got dropped. I got up. I was like, what just happened? This guy just <laughs> put me in the first round down? I mean, that's never happened. He hits that hard. So then I, I was moving around. Then I seen that he got reckless. And it was just, boom, I caught him. And I looked up. And I'm like, where is he? Oh, he's on the floor. And I said, what's up? Can I cuss? Yeah, you can cuss. This is what I said. I said, what's up now, mother? Yes. Let's go. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that got me fired up right there. All right. But from a matchup standpoint, the media, the critics, yeah. we're all kind of 50-50 on this. We see the danger in this matchup for Canelo, knowing that Jacob looks great against Golovkin, and Golovkin certainly tested Canelo. Betting odds, though, which sometimes can mean different things, have Canelo as more of a favorite than I expected coming in. How does Jacobs, you have been in there with him, stay in this fight and give himself a chance? Uh, Jacobs is four to one underdog. Exact same odds I was against uh, Vernon Forrest in in the first fight. Uh, Jacobs is going to have to use the ring, use the jab. Has to turn southpaw like he did, did against Golovkin, because Canelo only has you know he he can counterpunch and he can box like he proved with Golovkin in the first fight, or he can pressure you, back you up, and use the jab, a power jab like he did against Golovkin in the second fight. So this is a man that can change from plan A, B, C, and D and everything. But Jacob is going to need more than just A, B, C, D. He's going to need like half the health alphabet to be Canelo. But <laughs> well, he said he had plan Z if well, he needed it. Right? That's what he's going to need because he's, he's in there with a, <laughs> with a man that's uh, pound, arguably pound for pound the best fighter in the world. Jacobs, he's ready for this. He, he's been evolved and he molded into uh, the, 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 the fighter he is now. I mean, the guy beat cancer. He's peeled his backside out of the canvas with me, with Golovkin. Uh, he's already been everywhere. He already, he already knows uh, and he had an amateur pedigree as well. So he already knows everything coming to him. Uh, and he still has that chip on his shoulder and destiny's on his side. And you never know, man. I mean, he has athletic ability. You're going to see the 
huge size difference, even though there is a clause in the contract that he can't go over a certain amount of weight. Uh, 170 for the next morning at 8 a.m. Next morning at 8 a.m., but between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. possibly when they're going to step into the ring, that's another 12 hours. A lot of carne asada's time. I don't know about carne asada for Jacobs, but, <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of rehydration. Okay. It's a lot of rehydration, and, man, I can tell you, if he's in great shape, he's not going to need that extra weight. You know, uh, because when you're when you made weight the right way, you really don't rehydrate over 12, 15 pounds max. All right. Here's the the mission statement I've been putting out there because I'm picking Jacobs to win, even with the the thing in the air. The Canelo gets the benefit of the doubt. The whole judging thing, which, by the way, it's it's real. We can't I mean, we got to address it. It's real. It's out there. But here's the thing. I think Canelo hasn't faced somebody who has all these attributes in one package as Jacobs has the speed, the elusiveness, the strength, the size, three inch height, two and a half inch reach. We've never seen him against somebody this level of athlete. Golovkin is a killer. Golovkin's got great footwork. He can cut the ring off. He's not that quick, though. How much will just the athleticism make Canelo realize early, like, I haven't had a challenge like this? I just demonstrated that in the ring with Jesse Vargas. That's exactly what I said. It, uh, he's like a football player, like a tight end. Uh, Jacobs is. He's tall. He's muscular. He's big. He's athletic. He's strong. He's versatile. All of the above. Canelo, he has his, his, uh, his attributes. But they're not as – like, if you go down the list of height, reach, size, this, this, Jacob's probably going to have better grades than Canelo. But what Canelo does, he does great. And what uh, Jacob's does, he does good. So uh, uh, just the experience factor, the explosiveness, he's going to have to really, really be on his toes, get Canelo's respect. He can't just box and stay behind the jab. He's going to have to fight. It's like Golovkin's respect. Golovkin would have just went after him and put him against the ropes and, and, and do what he always does and just demolish people. But he got Golovkin's respect with the power. He needs to get Canelo's respect early, too. If you were in Jacob's corner on his team, and if we take the idea of corruption out of it, but yet judges... You need a knockout to win. They tend to prefer Canelo. You need a knockout to win. But why? Why do judges tend to... Outside of he's handsome, he's the side. Outside of the politics. Is there something he's doing tactical-wise, or is it the hard body shots, the timing with the right hand over the top? Is there something he's doing that gets the judge's attention, or is it just, man, that Mexican man is handsome? Yeah, he's handsome too. Look, man, it's politics. It's uh, it's uh, you know who butters your bread, uh, and uh, you just can't do it, obviously. But there's been some bad decisions in Vegas, especially with certain judges, and these are these are judges that continue to get hired by a certain promoter, and then the promoter keeps getting hired by a certain network, and and that's how it that's how it goes. Everyone gets their their bread buttered. But you know what, man, uh, Jacobs he has the power to turn the lights off, and he he is going to need a knockout to win, uh, no, no matter how how much you got to be politically correct and, and everything else. As a fighter, as a fighter, I can tell you it's going to be very hard for him to get a decision. we already seen how, uh, how Canelo gets decisions with, with uh, you know, Golovkin. These, those two fights were very close. Uh, so, yeah, man, Jacob's really going to need at least a knockdown to prove that, you know, I, the, judge, the judges aren't going to be a factor here. All right. We, we can't let you go without talking about your life. You're, you're not 40 yet, bro. Not like at 40's death. People have proved that. But you sometimes in the media say, I don't know, man. Maybe one more. I told Eddie that, Eddie Hearn, uh, uh, that it's going to have to be the ideal opponent. Calculated risk, my friend. Okay. A calculated risk. You took the split decision from Angulo. That yeah, was good look, he came, and he just came back with a knockdown. Good for him, man. I'm, I'm proud of him. And they, they are, 
now I could say it. They offered me uh, the rematch with Angulo. I was supposed to fight on April 20th, uh, and they, they made me a good offer, 10-round fight, and I initially accepted, and then I went to Monterey, Mexico with Todd Grisham, and then everything went out the window. <laughs> Speaking of carne asada, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> and other things, and cervezas, yes, yes. Uh, you've had a great career. I mean, Thank you. you so many people obviously know you from the contender, but you were able to take what was a blessing and then at times a curse and turn it back into, I'm not just a contender guy, I'm a world champion. I beat one of the best in Vernon Forest. When you look back over your career, what, what, what should be the first line in the sentence? In the, in the, in, I mean, what sums up, what's your legacy? What sums up what you brought to this game? That's a question more suited for you guys. <laughs> but uh, look, I'm always going to be known as the contender. No matter what I do. Is that okay? You okay with that? I'm all, I'm all right okay. with that. Just, uh, you know, as long as you remember me and get my name on the check, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Barry Tompkins told me something interesting. Uh, legendary Barry Tompkins. He told me uh, our last gig. Actually, it was on the Contender 5. He worked at Contender 5 uh, commentating with uh, Andre Ward, and I was in the, in the back, the back uh, room with him. He tells me, you know, Sergio... Like you said, you had, a, you had a good career. People know you. You're respectful. You got your, your brain cells under you. You made a good amount of money. Uh, you're still a good-looking guy. You know what's going to be your legacy now? I said, well, Barry goes, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, people aren't going to know you as a fighter. They're going to know you as a broadcaster. Ah, so ah. hopefully he's right. It's not bad. That's steady work. There well, you another, have another it. One to, How do you like it? Wow. How do oh, you God, like it? The great Barry Tompkins <laughs> right there. I love that. The Latin snake. I gotta go. <laughs> Sergio Mora, it's been my pleasure. Try to avoid Grisham the best you can. Oh, we'll see God. your call. He's already texting. Saturday night on He's DeZone. already texting. He's the devil in court. Thank you so much, sir. Oh, yeah. It's the man of the hour. Always sweet and never sour, the Golden Boy, the Hall of Famer, Oscar De La Hoya. What's up, Another brother? big fight in Las Vegas. It's obviously Canelo Jacobs this Saturday, exclusively on DAZN. Congratulations yep. on all the success there, moving, moving platforms and making a fight this big. I want to hit it straight off the top here. Canelo's only 28. I talked to him earlier. He's done things up to this point. That guys take 15 years to do if they're lucky, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, if they're lucky. All right. Uh, do you ever think about the kind of legacy he's already putting together? Aside from, yeah, he's a big draw. He might be the face of this era yeah. in terms of the quality of his resume. Yeah, no, I mean, you you take a look at his career, and people sometimes tend to forget uh, what he's really accomplished inside the ring. Yes, he's the most popular fighter today. Yes. You know, he's the darling of the sport and, and uh, everybody, I mean, he has a target on his back and everybody, you know, uh, when Canelo fights, it's a major event. But what people forget is that his resume, I mean, he's already fought like 15 world champions. Uh, and he, he fought guys you didn't want him to exactly, at times, which is, the, exactly. which is the fans love that. They love that. I mean, look, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a competitor. I mean, easy as that. He, he wants to take on the toughest challenges. Who fights Triple G back to back and then fights Jacobs uh, uh, right after that. I mean, it's, it's, it's unheard of. In today's day and age, it's unheard of. When did you know that he had that gift that you had? That idea where, like, look, if I take a loss, it happens, but I'm trying to make the biggest fight yeah. possible. I'm trying to fight the toughest challenge possible. I knew, I knew he had it in him uh, when, he, when he asked me to uh, challenge Floyd Mayweather. And I told him, no, you're too young. Yeah, you're like 22. Get, you're take freaking too down. young. What are you talking about? No, I can take him on. I can take him on. Come on. I, have, I can do it. I can do it. I mean, he did that fight against my own will. But he, he took him on, and we obviously knew what happened. But he, he grew from there. And, and he learned. And he's getting better. And he's, uh, he's, he's, his whole, all the 
everything's coming together for him. You know, I mean, we're not going to see the best Canelo Alvarez on Saturday night. There's still more to come. That's scary. That's, that's, that's scary. I mean, I, I look at him in the gym uh, these past few weeks, and he's, he's looking like a beast. It's incredible. Well, what's his scary? footwork, his speed, his... Oscar, what's scary is you've heard the interviews in the past few months. I know we're talking about Jacobs. We're getting ready. No one's looking past anything. Right. But he's like, yeah, I'd go to 175. I'd fight Sergey Kovalev. And we're like, wait, <laughs> what? You're not even a big middleweight. Is that, is that yeah. legit? Does he really want to do that? Well, what, what people don't realize sometimes is that I don't think he's a smaller guy. I really don't. I mean, if you take a look at Canelo's neck and his legs, he's a, he's a thick guy. He really is. He's a thick guy. Um, I, think, I think Canelo um, is the bigger guy. You're going to be very surprised when you see Jacobs and Canelo on Saturday night. You're going to be very surprised on how, on how thick Canelo is, how big he is. Um, Jacobs has been banking on, on, on his size and his strength. Um, Saturday night's going to be a whole different story. We'll see. But, yeah, Canelo is very ambitious. He wants to go up to 175. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, but it's not impossible. <laughs> All right. He, he followed a similar path that you did where you had fame earlier than you had the kind of success that quiets the critics, right? right. It, it was The fame was early, so you're automatically going to be the pretty boy. He can't fight. And he, and he, you overcame that. He overcame that. Yeah. I actually think the moment that he killed... Any remaining criticism was the second Golovkin fight when he was the guy walking down the supposed bigger puncher. Yeah. When you're watching that fight from ringside, knowing your financial investment, knowing your relationship with him, were even you kind of going, oh, man, oh, no, oh, because Golovkin <laughs> was ha- landing bombs. It was. And you got to give Saul credit for walking through that. No, you, you have to give him credit. I mean, look, uh, there's a reason why Golovkin has been knocking everybody out. There's a reason why he had a great fight with Daniel Jacobs. There's a reason why he's world champion uh, and, and he's loved by many, by millions. Uh, but you have to give Canelo credit. You have to give Canelo credit the way he walked him down and pushed him back. Kind of like, you know, he, he pushed the bully back. You did know, you have the confidence up. he could take that power? I did. I did. I did. I, 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 just the fact that I've seen Canelo uh, in the gym and, and what he can do. I see that confidence in his look, in his eyes. I can see that, that demeanor. It's, 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 I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, look, I, I can honestly tell you Canelo has that mentality of, of, a, of, a, of a marvelous Marvin Hagler. He really does. It's like he, he just he, doesn't care. He'll fight anybody. You can see the mental strength. It is different. Mental it strength. Is different. It is different. Yeah. How would you fight him in your prime? Uh, do, you ever, do you ever put on the gloves and spar with him for fun? How would you attack him in your prime? I, I, I would, uh, I mean... Let's say we're, we're talking about prime 154 Oscar, right? 154. right? When, when they robbed you against Shane in the rematch, all right? I, I, would, I would, I mean, my jab was always my key. I would, I would pop the triple, quadruple jab and combinations, you know, and, and, and stay on my toes, you know. I always, I always liked staying on my toes because it confused, it confused my opponent. I was right in front of him. I was, I was right in front of him, but I would always, uh, I would always stay in front of my opponent on my toes throwing my combinations ta, 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 ta. but just stay there you know and then he'd be coming back to the body i hope you're ready for that he's going to the body oh he's uh, he'll probably knock me out to the body <laughs> what a beauty Hashtag if, body. if hopkins did it why not uh, canelo <laughs> all right you know one of the big narratives of this fight is the judging it's been beaded ad you know ad nauseum jacob's talking about it. eddie hearn talking about it what's from your side the golden boy canelo side 
I don't know. How do you justify the fact that he has gotten the benefit of the doubt in every close fight? By the way, you did for a while until they screwed you against Trinidad, and that's the that's the that's the odds on truth. <laughs> Look, I, I I have six losses in my career f for a reason. I mean, and a lot of them were close, and and they didn't go my way. Look, we're not worried about any judges. We're not worried about uh, what the commission is capable of. That's their job. That's 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 what they have to take care of. I mean, it worries me that Jacobs and 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 Eddie Hearn are 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 just focusing on the judging. You you better focus on the fight. You better focus on what's going to take place Saturday night. Don't focus on you know whether you're going to get the fight by decision or they're going to give it to Canelo or no. The judges are are. are the commission in Nevada is the most competent commission in the in the nation. Let them do their job. We have no say whatsoever on how they're going to score the fight. That's their job. That's that's what they take care of. Take care of your fight inside the ring. Don't worry about you know getting a point in this round or this. No, do your job. Take care of business. Go out there and try to knock them out. We had your super prospect Ryan Garcia here a few minutes ago. We brought up the fun scenario that I always bring up to you. If you David Lemieux, Canelo, and Ryan Garcia are in the club, and there's one beautiful lady who's dancing with her. Ryan says, look, Oscar thinks he's the OG. I respect that, but he's not getting her. <laughs> Wake up, Oscar. You're not getting her, all right? So I'm just, I'm just relaying it to you, okay? A little, little uh, golden boy, hey, golden I, boy I, I have the experience. Yeah, take that, Ryan. All right, all right. Uh, I know you respect Daniel Jacobs' story. You used to promote him here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I want the story to have a happy ending for Danny the person. Are you torn? Not that you're cheering from your chin for Canelo, you promote Canelo. But Danny the person, you got to love what he's done up to this point. I love Danny. I love Danny. Look, I remember taking Danny to his very first world title fight. Remember, he got knocked out by Pirog yes. with that over right hand. Las Vegas, right? In Las Vegas. Um, I remember taking Daniel Jacobs down to uh, the USO tour in Afghanistan, and we went to Basra, and we we got ID'd, uh, uh, ID'd uh, in 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 uh, in Iraq. Wow, you know, uh, and and I remember him waking up at five in the morning to go run and and do his do his uh, you know his his, uh, his his shadow boxing, and so he's a very disciplined guy. I love the guy. Um, you know, uh, one thing about Daniel Jacobs is that. Overcoming cancer, and then the doctor's telling you you can't fight yet box. You may not walk, yeah. And you can't walk, and, and, and here he is in the biggest fight of his career against Canelo Alvarez. I mean, that's, that's what scares me. That's what scares His heart scares me. His, his mental strength scares me. So, and, and I've told Canelo, look, when you hit Jacobs and he's still there standing in front of you, you better be prepared with plan A, B, C, and D. You know what I'm saying? Because that's who Jacobs is. All right, Oscar. In closing, it's been great talking to you. Obviously, Canelo Jacobs this Saturday in the zone, exclusively streaming 9 p.m. Eastern. I always close with a fanboy question. Big fan of the Golden Boy throughout the years. We usually talk about the size of your balls against my man Ike Corte in round 12. Not going to oh, go there this time. Wow. Let's talk the Mayorga fight. Did he get you more angry than anybody else on the build-up to the fight? Like, how yeah. legitimately mad? Were you trying to sell the fight by yelling, or did he actually cross over that line? No, he crossed, it. he crossed it. He, he talked about my kids and my wife at that time. And, boy, ooh. Don't, don't, don't talk about my kids. <laughs> oh, because it's over. It is over. I, I was on a mission. I was determined to just take I thought he out. caught you early in that first round. No, though. he did. But, but check this out. In the first round, I dropped him with a left hook. Boom. Right? Drop him with a left hook, and I can take him out. 
I can take him out. I go back to my corner, and Floyd Mayweather Sr. <laughs> grabs me, throws me against the, 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 uh, in, in, on the stool. Let me guess. He said, hey, man. And he tells me, man, what's your problem? What's your problem? Why do you knock this out? You know, why do you knock him out? And I'm thinking in my head, I wanna, I'm thinking in my I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to let me take this guy a few rounds so I can make him suffer. Oh, wow. You wow. Know? And you got him. You got him. Oscar, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, my man. Best of luck Always on this a pleasure. promotion. And as one legend leaves another one, you talk about a guy who's uh, fighting the age curve, the ageless wonder, Sugar Ray Leonard, the legend. Ray, I don't, like, there's certain icons. I'm going to use Hulk Hogan as one. He's 60-something <laughs> years old, but he puts the do-rag on. He puts on the mustache and colors it, and he's still 30 years old in my eyes. Ray, you don't age. Can, can we get the secret? Can I PED test you here? What's going on, bro? Uh, Cheerios. Cheerios. No, no, just, right. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, no. I, you know, I, I still take care of my body um, the best I can. Um, you know, as a fighter, you know, we've trained so hard and so long in our lives. And when we, when we retired, we, we just cut everything out. But I do things more so now, like training in, in moderation. I listen to my body a lot more. And uh, it's, I, I, it's also about attitude. It's about how you feel about yourself and, and what do you want to accomplish. You've come through a lot personally in your yes. life since your career ended. What's the biggest lesson you learned on, on, on just being an adult, being a civilian, being away from boxing and, and, and navigating everything? You you can only control yourself for the most part. You know you you ha we have that power to do that. It's not it's not is it is it easy? Absolutely not. But uh, depends on who you want to be and what you want to be. You have the power. I like that. Well, we're here for obviously for another big middleweight championship. Three of the four belts at stake for Canelo Jacobs. You've been in a few big ones yourself, Ray. A few middleweight big ones, of course. The Hagler fight when. Good Lord, Ray. You talk about daring to be great. You didn't even take a tune-up fight. Like, you just, like, three years out, your eyes busted up. No, I'm going to move up and wait, and I'm going to take the toughest SOB available in the division. But you did have that fight in camp, right? Didn't you go full, full well, 12? Well, I, I, I would uh, train uh, with, with, you know, 10-ounce gloves on and no headgear. I would, to learn how to feel what it felt like in the ring. Because once you... What happens with all of us, myself included, fighters who retire, we're out of the ring for X amount of years. The worst thing is having that attitude, you know, because we become civilized as opposed to being so focused and, and animalistic, I should say. And did you have any doubts during the, I mean, you, you simulated fights in training camp instead of having these comeback fights against lesser opponents. Was it, was it full confidence all the way? Or? It was full confidence until five days before the fight, I, my last sparring session. I got hit by Quincy Taylor. I was out. Out. I mean, I was almost knocked out. And uh, I came to my senses because I was on fight Hagler toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And that particular... That changed the game plan. Changed the game plan wow. five days before the fight. You know, if it was 2019, that, that, that rumor would have got out on the internet already. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Everything gets out on the internet. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Uh, uh, in, indulge my fanness. The four kings. You fought the other three guys. Who hit? Who hit the hardest? They. Oh, I mean, we're Dur talking Hagler, Duran, Roberto Duran, Duran, Manos de Piedra, hands of stone. He hit like stone. I mean, really, he hurt me so many times. Uh, Tommy Hearns, no question about that. Tommy uh, Hagler, Hagler, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. You got to give it to that guy. Yeah. I mean, all those guys hit hard. Uh, the hardest punch was internal revenue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. give you credit. Long before Floyd Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard set the, the model of how you take the power back in your own career. You were very smart in how you did that, taking the power away from the promoter, making you almost the guy who's yeah. calling the shots. So when you look at now 2019, look, Canelo's the A-side in this fight. So we know what happens. He says, Daniel Jacobs, you're going to have a re rehydration clause, and only I'm going to get the rematch clause. And by the way, if the fight's close, the judges are probably going to score it for me. Did you do those same A-side things in your biggest fights? I didn't know that was the case, but, uh, you know, it's like with, with Hagler. I, I had my guy yell 30 seconds before the bell rang, and I, because that's the last thing the judges remember. Those last 30 seconds. But you didn't make anyone come down a couple pounds. No. Or... I mean, well, I fought Donnie Lalonde. Donnie Lalonde, there you go. Uh, but, but that was a vacant 168 yes. pound. And he. Somehow they put a light heavyweight title at stake. But, they, that was legal, he, but, but yeah. check this out. He, they, they were so confident they would beat me that they put his own title on the line, light heavyweight. So there was two titles on the, on the line for that fight. He dropped you early. He, hurt, he, he hit he, you with he, a bomb. He hurt me a lot of times, too many times. Were you, did you have doubt in that moment? I had doubt watching that. I doubt, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I never gave up. That, that's I never gave gave up. But uh, it was it was it was apparent that he was a big guy. He was too big for me. All right. When you look at this matchup, you're employed by Design. I don't expect you to give me a prediction here. But what is the key for Jacobs? Who I, look to me, it's a 50-50 fight. The, the the odds makers do have Canelo somewhat comfortably ahead. What's the key to Jacobs? To, to do what others have not been able to do, which is sway the judges in your favor against Canelo. He has to start off very quickly, uh, establish himself, uh, the tempo of the fight, uh, the control of, of the fight, uh, get him get his man against the ropes, wail away at head and body. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, these these guys are in a position here to, to show greatness because it's going to require that intestinal fortitude is going to require that heart that because uh, it's going to be so tough mentally and spiritually and physically it's going to be tough I we, we always look back on the 80s and it was just it was better did the guys try harder did it mean more was there more pride I don't I didn't see businessmen in the 80s even though you were a very smart businessman we established uh, that it seemed like the glory was more important than the money is that an accurate portrayal, or were you just a part of some badass fights and it happened to be the way it was? I think I, I was blessed to come up in an era where that there were so many, I mean, there was just so many incredible fighters. You know, I was There were no easy like, ones, yeah. No, nah, there was no easy ones. I mean, one. Thomas Howard dropped you. I should have bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but today, even today, I mean, you got some incredible fighters out here. All right, on the plane ride over here to Las Vegas. I had to do all this stuff for CBS Sports here. I'm watching The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Sure, oh. Leonard shows up. You did a great job playing yourself. Fantastic <laughs> acting, by the way. But, you know, as part of the story, it was the real life. Dickie Eklund, the guy you fought, okay. he's barking that he knocked you down. He yeah. play, it was a push. Let's be it honest. was a push. But, oh, Dickie, he, he, was a, he was a nutball. He was just, and uh, I've seen him since, and uh, I love him, and uh, crazy, crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like being back in the game? We saw you calling fights for PBC a few years ago, doing a great job with the zone. Yeah. Can't get a bigger fight than this. How much do you still get up for this? Oh, it's, it's you know, it, my palms sweat. I mean, it's like, because I'm so, I know what these guys are going through. I know what they, they had to 
uh, deal with to get in position and the mindset. I know it and I see it, and uh, it's like deja vu. Uh, Ray, I'm going to have to admit I only cried once as a boxing fan in my life. And it was the Terry Norris fight. I'm sorry to bring up all the bad parts. No, you, I cried too. So many great moments. I cried too. Got too. <laughs> <laughs> I cried too. I cried. Yeah. Ray, in hindsight, was that ill-advised, or was did you just face a hall of fame? It, it at the was right never moment? ill-advised because I'm, I I make those decisions, and uh, and you know Terry was just too good, too young, and I was I was I was more civilized. Uh, I like that the, term. I like yeah, that term. I was more civilized because now I'm I'm retired again, and I'm flying all over the place. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, and I, I'm extracurricular activities. I mean, all these things. I, I I admit, you know, I admit that I did those things from drugs to alcohol and everything. And uh, I wasn't mentally, but without taking anything away from Terry Norris, he beat me fair and square, no question about that. But uh, yeah, I told myself no more. No more fights. By the way, what made you great is you're the nicest guy in the world, but you could be a cold-hearted bastard oh. when you needed to. And when you made Hagler get in the ring with you, it was 82 in Baltimore, and you hyped it up like you were going to fight him, and you said it'll never happen. That's like some pro wrestling heel stuff right there, Ray. That's cold-hearted, brother. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marvin. He had, to, he had to believe he was getting the fight, right? No, I kept saying, I, and like at the press conferences, uh, we did a, a hundred of those things. And I said, you know, every time I left, before I left the uh, the arena, I said, you know, it's such a shame that you guys look at Hagler as being a slugger. He's a better boxer than you guys give him credit for. And the last thing he said at the last press conference was, you know what, I'm out box, Ray. I said, I got him. Wow, and in closing, and I can go up and down the road with you forever. Appreciate your time. The great Barry Tompkins always tells that story of when the moment he knew you were going to come back to face Hagler, right? When you watched that fight, was it Miami? Uh, it was. What was it? In, I think it was. It was in Vegas. You were he, sitting he, next to Barry. He fought John the Beast Mugabe. Yes. And I said, and you shook his hand through the ropes. You turned to Barry. Oh no! But even Duran, even when Roberto Duran fought him, fought Hagler, and he and he Duran reached over because I was working with uh, HBO, and he said. You box him, you beat him. He told me that. Hey, and you boxed him, and you beat him. And all these years later, you, you beat him, all right? I don't know how people are getting the other scores, all right? 7-5, it's beautiful. You beat him. It's okay. All right, Sugar Ray Leonard, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, The man. Zone Saturday Night, Canelo Jacobs. Hopefully, we see a classic. You will. All right, now stepping in to the podcast, of course. The Zone Zone, Sports Illustrated Zone, Chris Mannix, one of the busiest men in all of media today, whether we're talking about hoops, fighting, and all of that. Chris, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. Good to be here. I, I heard a previous interview you did, so I'm it on got my little, toes. Got, it, uh, yes. I had Todd Grisham, which means we can all get fired. Look, yes. I have a rule in life. You don't hang out with Todd Grisham in Vegas, Chris, okay? You're going to end up shirtless, knocked up, and broke. Well, uh, let me tell you this. It's not just Vegas that you don't hang That's out with. That's a theme. With. People I, keep saying I, that. I don't hang out with Todd Grisham in Monterey, Mexico. I don't yes. hang out with him in Los Angeles. I don't know if there's a city on this earth I would feel comfortable hanging out with Todd Grisham. I tried to get his war stories of him and the beautiful Chris Algeri in Malaysia, but it. it uh... Well, I mean, the, look, I can. The word on the street is that Todd did not go into the hospital for what he said he wow. went into the hospital with. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. St- I had a lot of jokes I could follow I'm up. Just with, saying. But, uh, there was, you know, wow. he, he has one explanation, <clears throat> and. I hear it was a different right. I do have a question for you about this week and your schedule and how busy you'll be. How busy would you like to be this year? 
Busy. Thank you, our, the great Arturo Trujillo. Uh, is that you know the backstory on that, right? Like, uh, I'd like to hear it again. He please. was, I mean, he was a, uh, what, what is, why am I blanking on the word? Just the, the, the filler fights there. The, the swing bout. Swing bout, right. Swing bout, right, yeah. So something happened in the middle of that fight. There was an early knockout of some kind. And here comes... Was it Trujillo? I, yeah, I, I forgot. Arturo Artur, 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 knows yeah. that stuff. I don't know. He, but he, here he comes, you know, making his pro debut and flattens this guy. I think it was in the first round. And I go into the ring, and I'm sitting next to him like, this is not going to go well. Like, he's either going to be <laughs> ridiculously verbose and, you know, say something over the top, or he's not going to say anything at all. And it was the latter. Like, he was so yes. amped up from being in the ring for the first time, that he was, the adrenaline was still pouring through him. And, uh, it reminded me of being a young high school newspaper reporter and uh, going to like a swim meet and there's some like 14-year-old chick freshman who wins the diving championship and mm-hmm. you go up to her with your notepad and she's got nothing. nothing. She's got nothing for oh, you. Oh, we've all been there. I, I was uh, uh, cross-country track for the Boston Globe oh, wow. back oh, in the wow. day. All right. Yes. All right. Wow. You got any more uh, Celtics ball boy stories before we get into box here? Because you know I'm an old school Celtics fan. The 91 team, Chris Mannix, right? That team had something. They had something special. Do you remember? They were old, yet they had that guard tandem. Of D. Brown, Brian Shaw, mm-hmm. Reggie Lewis at the three, and they could run. And Parrish could still run at that point. Bur- McHale and Bird were in and out of the lineup, but they were first place at the All Star break, and I thought they were going to do damage that year in the playoffs. Was that the year Bird went down with the real bad back stuff? That was 92, his 92. last year. Okay. He, he missed all of 89 with his heel injury, except yeah. for six games, but. Were you on the Were you on the floor? No, then? no, no. I didn't start till '95, which was ML Carr's yes. Uh, yes. maiden voyage as president and head coach. That ended last year of the parquet. Yes. yes, they made they they played the magic in the playoffs. Were the Celtics yes. were like Were they one of the first tankers? Like that was a tanktastic team. Yes, like they yes. might have. I don't know if they pioneered it, but they were part of the fledgling voyage of the tanking. They broke my heart in the in the in the proceeding the years after in the draft. Remember '97? They had two picks in the top four. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, two picks in the top. Two picks in the top six. And we all thought they we thought they could get one and two. We thought, we thought they gonna... could get Duncan and Van Horn. Yes, Duncan and Keith Van Horn, and they wind up with Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer. And by the way, Chauncey Billups turned out to be a great player, but Patino didn't give him Too that chance. Too impatient. They yes. wanted a, a Kenny Anderson type to try to get them. And look, if for one year, Kenny Anderson was really good yes. that year in 03 when they got to the conference finals. But Chauncey turned out to be a pretty good player, too. Yeah, uh... And Mercer, by the way, for one year looked like the next Reggie Lewis. He, just, he just never he never developed a three point shot. He was always the king of the mid range, yeah. you know, with those yeah. shots there. Chauncey, though, the irony of Chauncey was that he was traded in part because Patino didn't believe that he was ever going to be kind of this like, you know, guy that wanted the ball in his hands. You know, this this icy player. And that's exactly what he was like with the Pistons. He was Mister Big Shot. Like he was he used to defer all the time to Antoine Walker in those those big games and say, Antoine, you bring the ball up, you make the big play. Uh, Antoine will do that. He'll, he'll gamble your money away, too, if you let him. He was a great tipper, Antoine Walker, back <laughs> yeah, in the day. Just a tip, just for a second. <laughs> um, speaking of hoops and boxing and DAZN, which was one of your employers, uh, LeBron James and, uh, and what's his buddy's name? Maverick Carter. They, they, they came together for some preview content of Canelo Jacobs. Um, can you gauge LeBron's boxing knowledge at this point? Is this a big farce we're trying to pretend he actually knows box, or is he pretty much a fan? What do you think? I, what I found, and LeBron's been to some fights. I think he was at Canelo Golovkin, too. Okay. Um, what I found covering the NBA is that in the NBA, there's a huge crossover to boxing. Like, there's a lot of NBA guys that, that, that follow boxing and go to boxing events. Maybe it's, it's a cultural thing. Like, a lot of these fighters come from the same neighborhoods and the same places uh, that these NBA guys uh, have in the past. 
So there's a lot of guys with, with knowledge. I don't know that, you know, LeBron's going to sit there and go down the WBO rankings with you and say, here's you know, the top five that should be in the list to fight Jaime Munguia next. But for the top tier guys, I think he's got a pretty good awareness, as a lot of NBA guys do. I, you know, when guys see me coming sometimes in locker rooms, one of the first things they want to do is, is talk about uh, what, what happened in boxing, what happened okay. in the boxing. Well, Marcus Morris the other day, because he's close friends with Tevin Farmer, and he saw me on the DAZN broadcast. Like, I don't know you did boxing, man. Like, what, what's up with that? He spends 10 minutes talking about Tevin Farmer. So I think it's a pretty good crossover. And the there. DAZN NBA crossover continued last week in, in uh, Louisiana for the WBSS when Kendall Gill joined Ray Flores on the broadcast. We remember Kendall got a cup of coffee in box, but that was pretty cool to see. Guess what? Not half bad. No, he wasn't. He may and take you out of a job, Chris he, Manage, he, right? Well, I think Sergio's more of a threat That's there. True. I, I like to stay in my non-fighter lane and... <laughs> You know, that Max Kellerman-y yeah. post-fight interview. Who won kind of the thing. story of the fight? Stay yes. in that lane. Let me right? stay in that lane to avoid that. Kendall, I did one of the first stories on Kendall the Boxer for SI back in the day. It was interesting seeing him kind of transition into box. Didn't go all that well. Not really. I didn't know he had it in him. Like, if you tell me, like, uh, Jeff McGinnis or uh, Charles Oakley or, you know, guys who've been known to slap a bitch mm-hmm. could do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Kendall Gill could do that. Yeah, know? Kendall Gill, uh, it surprised a lot of people, put it that way, that all when right. they found out that Kendall Gill... I remember Ben Wallace hearing about it, and he just started breaking out laughing that Kendall Gill was. Darvin Ham did the same thing when I, I mentioned I was doing that story. Neither one of those guys thought Kendall had it in him there. But, they, you know, these, the toughest guys, you mentioned like Oakley. Like, I would have loved to have seen Oakley box. You never know with their chin. Like, some guys, as tough oh, as wow. they are, they get clipped I, on I the chin. I don't know if you can call out Charles Oakley's chin on a podcast and get away with that. Charles I mean. Oakley once. I, I was supposed to have Charles Oakley on my, my old radio show, and my producer called him, and he was set to come on. And then, like, he called two hours later, and he goes, Chris Mannix? I ain't heard no Chris Mannix. Uh, and he hung the hang up on us. <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell me someone he beat better than Chris Algieri. <laughs> Name the top guy he fought that's better than Chris Algieri. Tell me someone who interviewed me that's better than Chris Mannix. Uh, you also, you, you're your Boston guy. My, my good friend, my man, John Anik, the voice of the UFC Octagon's a Boston guy. Any crossover there? You guys ever? Uh... I don't think we've ever crossed paths. Uh-huh. I've only gone to a handful of UFC events. It's been a while. I think the last UFC event I went to was... James Tony's ill-fated oh, foray God. in into, Boston. Yeah, in Boston, I yes. went there, and I was watching James Tony just kind of, you know, flounder around there a little bit against who was it? Who did he fight? The, Randy the legend, Couture. Randy Couture. And it was one just single leg takedown, and that was because, it. and like that, that was just exemplified that what we already know that it's almost like two different sports. Like you do combat sports here, but yeah. you know you're basically doing two different sports. There is no ability to cross over in these two sports. All right, I want to talk box now. I want to talk heavyweight boxing. We can all be disappointed that as things stand in the first half of 2019, coming off of the high of Fury Wilder one, brother, the best heavyweight fight we may see. Could be Deontay Wilder, Boobs Brazil coming up. Hey, it could end up being AJ and uh, Boobs Ruiz coming up. You know, you, you know. I mean, come on. We all know, you know, can I play this? Can, can I play that great sound by you if I can find it, please? If, I wish I was quicker to the box. I'm not. Good Lord. You're getting beat by a man with titties. Come on, man. Somebody may be getting beat by a man with titties. We'll figure that out later. But my point is, what gets me excited, though, is not that I have any hope for AJ Wilder ever happening. Not that I have any hope for Fury, who's going who's gonna to fight the damn Schwartz. Fury needs the Schwartz. Yeah, well, we all, you know, he's fighting a character. From, may the Schwartz be with yeah, may the Schwartz be he's with He's fighting you. a character from Vanderpump Rules is what exactly. I'm aware of. How about this, though? Staying in the zone, staying on brand. How about if AJ gets by Andy Ruiz Jr. and Ali Usyk gets by uh, Takam in his heavyweight debut? We do AJ Usyk this fall, the biggest heavyweight fight you can make, I guess, network and promotional-wise. Now, here's the deal. I've talked about this before on the show. I've talked to Eddie Hearn offline. Sometimes 
We're not supposed to share what happens offline. But Eddie Hearn and I, we're pointing on like, oh, Eddie, my guy Usyk's going to take your guy AJ to the woodshed. No, he's not going to knock him out, but he's going to outslick him, and he's going to take those three belts, and you're going to regret. And I'm just talking ish, if you will. Eddie goes, not worried, bro. He's too small. AJ agrees with me. I don't know, Mannix. Usyk doesn't have the power. We know that. But he's like six foot three. His slickness at Cruiser is going to be hella slick at heavy. That's a great-ass fight, yay I, or nay. I think it's a great fight. I think he probably has better power at heavyweight than people think because he's not a clubbing puncher. He's the kind of puncher that put down, you know, Tony Bellew. Like, he put him down with a straight left hand right down the middle that was dead-on accurate. That's how he's going to win fights. So I think he has the power to hurt Anthony Joshua, who was hurt by Alexander Povetkin. In that last fight, he you Taco know mess it, roughed him up. Yeah, AJ too. in the ring was like, "I didn't get buckled by Pavekin." I was like, "Yeah, you did. Like, you got buckled by Alexander Pavekin." So I think he can hurt him. I think the one issue with that fight is that they would like to have AJ as the undisputed heavyweight champion before they get there. Then the you can call it yeah. undisputed. It's undisputed here, but it sells itself. It sells. But I, I'm with you. I have no. It, it's like maddening how little hope I have that we're going to see Joshua Wilder anytime soon. It's unbelievable. And, and look, I don't want to, like, I, people say I think all the time because I'm working for DAZN, like I want to see a DAZN. If this fight was on the Food Network, I'd be cool with that. Like, <laughs> let, let's, let's just have the fight somewhere. If it was I don't on care. the Hallmark Channel, my I wife do, might watch it. Exactly. Have, you know, have your wife call it. Like, I, I don't care who's on the broadcast for that. I just want to see a meaningful heavyweight fight. And if it really doesn't happen, I hope Deontay Wilder's getting paid. I hope he's getting his money because he's walking away from eighty million guarantee yeah. over two fights. It's hard. I, I've had. What uh, is he getting? What is Al? Is, does Al give him an Omaha steak subscription? How do you keep a guy happy when he was offered a hundred million dollars? I have no idea. Like at some point, the money has to run dry because it's there. And look, and, and I've kind of sided with Wilder over the last couple of years when you're kind of divvying up the blame yeah. pie into why that wasn't happening. I don't think that Eddie. Or AJ wanted that fight. I mean, I think they wanted to build AJ on this DAZN platform in easier fights. But AJ's got the higher ground now, man. Like, he is up there because Wilder is turning down money and two opportunities to fight the heavyweight champion in legacy-defining fights. I don't know how you outspin that. I don't know how you get out of well, it. If cool you go next year and you fight Adam Kanaki in Brooklyn next year, or if you fight a rematch with Luis Ortiz, what does that do for you? Except put you in peril. Ortiz could still clip him. I don't think Kanaki beats him. I don't think he has huge power. But you put yourself in a difficult situation for what? For what? Take the damn fight. Take the $50 million. He doesn't They'll want to probably be anybody's B-side. He doesn't want to not have control if this fight should blow up to Mayweather-Pacquiao levels. He but you don't believe that it's going to do no, that, do you? No, I don't. Like, I don't. It's hard to It's hard to justify million. his decision. It really is hard to justify Like, how big point. a loss did Showtime take at the end on Mayweather? Like, they made their money on Mayweather-Pacquiao, right. but they were taking losses oh, on... You remember the damn Berto fight. Berto yeah. and, like, <laughs> even, like, Maidana the first... Like, Mayweather's getting guaranteed, like, $35, $40 million. And it's hard to make that up in a pay-per-view. I, I don't know... You know, and, and look, Wilder's going to have to talk a lot in the next couple of weeks because he's, he's trying to promote the May 18th fight with Brazil. I'll be very interested to see what his answers are when it becomes abundantly clear that DAZN will probably pay him $45, $50 million in a one-off to fight Anthony Joshua. Amazing. Now, does he... Because the, the loophole in this, and maybe it's off-brand for you to comment on this, but AJ not a 100% exclusive official DAZN fighter. AJ can call his own shots. Right. Is Wilder's hope that they can... 
throw enough money at AJ to come across the street. I don't know how that would even work. I'm sure. And look, if, if AJ gets a bigger guarantee than what DAZN was offering, go take it. Take the money. Like, take, take your guarantee. I just don't think that's going to happen because with pay-per-views, it's all about the upside. Like, you have to do, and Evan Rakowski, who's really smart on this stuff, was explaining to me, like, they'd have to do, like, north of 2 million pay-per-views to, 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 to make that fight profitable in that kind of range for both those fighters. That's really hard to do, especially when AJ is not a known commodity in yeah. the U.S. And Wilder's top pay-per-view was 300000 or, or give or take. So I, I don't really know where, where they're, they're going to go from there on pay-per-view. I hope, that, uh, I hope that Tyson Fury can keep it together. He's a wild card. I hope that fighting the Schwartz and guys of that ilk could keep him in shape and mentally strong, so that when you know, so that when the the seas part and we finally get these fights, he's still the same guy. One of these guys is going to lose. One of these guys in the next year is going to lose to somebody you don't think. Like I'm sure of it. I hope it's Usyk if it if it happens because there's a guy. Great, but it it could be like Fury versus. I don't even know who ESPN has on that side of the street right Oscar now. Oscar Rivas. Like, Rivas uh, oh, is just fighting White now, Kubra though. Pula. Like, like, they'll fight Fury, Dillian White, or something like that, and Dillian White will flatten him or, with a, you know, a wild left hand that'll end the Tyson Fury money-making machine. It's just... It, and you're a UFC and a combat sports guy, too. One thing I find, maybe it's easier in UFC because you have control over everybody. Yeah, one league. But, but, like, they're not afraid to risk... The, the money makers like you know they'll put you know mcgregor in there with some unknown like habib or relatively unknown like habib and they'll risk it because they know that they can build these other these next the next generation of fighters up i don't think promoters have that same well, two confidence. things happened there one they made the brand the ufc brand stronger than the name of any of the fighters which was you can argue there's too much dana white in your face but that's to establish the strength of that brand so that they can keep recycling new names and, and two they've established that losses don't derail you yes. on the way up max holloway right now right he's a featherweight champion he's kind of a big star for them he lost like three times on the web. Yeah, he lost to guys like McGregor, Poirier, who are stars now. But you almost—it's expected that you've got to lose three or four times yeah. because that's a, a sport where you can lose easier in different ways. But I wish—I wish that would happen in boxing, where it's not let's pat a guy and soften him up, and then one loss can actually derail. His I mean, look where mentality. we are now. That, like for Jacobs, it worked out. Like yeah. you know, he's been knocked out before against Pirog. You know, he got a great backstory, of course. But he—I thought he lost to Golovkin. It was close, but I thought he lost. Uh, and now three fights later, he's got another belt around his waist and a chance to fight in the biggest fight in boxing of the year. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares about losses. They care about who you fight. Austin De La Hoya never cared about losses. Bernard Hopkins didn't care about losses. These guys promoting these fights didn't care about taking losses. It Oscar drives would me. take L's in his personal life in the ring. He yeah, didn't care. It didn't really matter. Oh, you know? God. Let's edit that part out, too, afterwards. <laughs> All right. Uh, this fight, in the zone Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can stream the crap out of it. It's Canelo. It's Jacobs. Can we pause and just give Canelo credit for, for his balls here? Because I'll, you can tell me all you want that there's zone pressure from mm-hmm. above to fight a big name right now. But you can also tell me, had he gone, sorry, I got guaranteed money. I'm fighting Lemieux on Saturday. Yep. You're going to deal with it. Him going after Jacobs is great for yep. us as fans. It's old school. Yep. One thing, I, one question I have about Canelo, I'm kind of trying to flesh this out to write it for later on, or I guess it is later in the week. Spoiler tomorrow. alert, yeah. But it, it has, I, I love what Canelo's doing and, and how he takes on all challengers. Does it create a cliff for him, though, at some point a little earlier than you'd expect? Does all the, the, the wars that he's been in, look, the Golovkin fight was a war for him. He took a lot both of punishment. Them, both of them. Yeah, he's fought Lara. He's fought Trout. He's gone the distance with these guys. Um, he's only 28 years old, so maybe this isn't a, a, a question for a couple of years. But when he hits 30, are we going to see, like, a drop? Is he going to go in there and get outboxed by somebody when the speed maybe slows down? Because remember down? when he fought Mayweather, he had the same he had like the same amount of pro fights as Mayweather yeah. at that point because he turned pro at like yeah. sixteen. Yeah, it, that, it's an interesting thing because it's it's amazing to think he's only twenty eight. Yeah, how's that possible? He's been doing this for for so long, and 
you know, you mentioned the Mayweather fight. Like, two, like the Reynosos, his trainers, like, redeemed themselves in the last fight. They went yes. into the Mayweather fight with the worst game plan in the history of Ever. game plans. Let's outbox the best <laughs> boxer of this era. Yeah. I get the bigger guy. He's fast. He can bully you. And they're trying to outbox Mayweather on the outside. I'm looking at him like he's got to change trainers. But the, the Golovkin fight showed that they had, they're a pretty good strategy. I, really, the Golovkin rematch uh, allowed all of... Canelo's critics, whether you are a critic of the tainted meat, you are a critic of him being a pretty boy, critic of him waiting out Triple G, whatever the critics are, the way he fought, quote-unquote, Mexican style, even though I scored both Golovkin, both fights for Golovkin. Mm-hmm. Heck, I scored Lara for Lara. I scored Trout for Trout. I'm mm-hmm. one of those rare people. Karen Mulvaney thinks I'm insane that I had a 114-12 for Trout. Mm-hmm. I just talked to Trout the other day. I said, it happened, bro. I saw it with my own eyes. It happened, all right? Trout definitely had it. For but, uh, you know, I think he won back all that criticism by walking down Golovkin in that rematch. Yep. So I want to ask you about Golovkin's heel turn because uh, I think you even saw today on Twitter that now uh, his name is supposed to be spelled with an I mm. in it, and it should have been all along, and we all missed it, and I thought there's no I in team or in boxing. There's a lot of I in Gennady lately throwing Abel to the curb, getting rid of his management, Angry as heck, won't speak in English anymore. What the heck happened? Was it was it adolescent bird that turned his heart? What happened? I, I think the, this isn't just a, a quick pivot. He's kind of been building towards this for the last couple of years, and a lot of it's come from the way he's felt he's been treated by other quote A sides, specifically Golden Boy and and Canelo. Whether it's making him wait a full calendar year after promising a fight, to insisting on everything being on their side from the money to just everything that goes in with being an A side of the fighter. It's building towards it. I didn't have a problem with him firing Abel Sanchez. The way it happened was was not good. I mean, if you wanted to let go of Abel for not having a, for Abel all week long during the during the Canelo fight week was begging Canelo Alvarez to do exactly what he did in the ring, and it didn't seem like there was a plan B for it out there. Like, oh my God, he's doing what we want him to do. How do we kind of counter this? If you want to make a change based on that, I get it. Happens all the time. Go to a different trainer. But if you're really going to be nickel and diming him, and he got a, like close to a hundred million dollar deal, I, I don't, I didn't think that was a good look. It didn't help that Abel just came out and just with the napalm gun, you know, firing away <laughs> at him. I called Abel when that when he when Golovkin put out that press release. I called Abel and he picked up. He's like, "Hey man, you want to, what, what's up?" I'm like, "I heard, uh, you know, we saw Gennady just let you go." He's like, "Yeah, they, they're just they're greedy, they're selfish, they're ungrateful." Like he's yeah, just rattling yeah. the stuff off, and I'm like, "All right, well." I guess it didn't end that well for you there, Abel. All right. Uh, I've had you here for 20 minutes. You've been great. Thank you for your time. Final question. You hear Can- Canelo keep saying once in a while, you know, if I get through this, I'll probably fight Triple G, whatever. But I want to move up to 75. Yeah. I want to fight Kovalev. What, what the hell? Where's the Kovalev stuff keep coming that? from? I-, I don't get that. What is that? I mean, maybe he sees Kovalev at the backside of his career and a potential to win a light heavyweight title uh, against a guy you think you can beat. This ain't Rocky Fielding, bro. No, he's, he's not. And the one thing about Kovalev that he still hasn't learned is how to respond when you're hurt. We saw it against Andre Ward. We saw it against Alvarez. If he had just, like, taken a knee against Ward in that second fight, he maybe could have rallied to win. If he had taken a knee against Alvarez, he was outboxing him in that first right, maybe he could win. Maybe Canelo thinks, like, I can hurt him with body shots and... And if that happens, Kovalev is not proven. He knows how to. The word blueprint was, was, was extreme. I hate that word. Uh, it's right. Oscar's word. It Loves Oscar's that word. word. All right. Canelo Jacobs this Saturday in zone. Where will you be on the broadcast? What are we going to see here? I will be ringside. Uh, the best way I can describe my role is, is Max Kellerman light is what I, uh, I do. I, I wow. call the fights from ringside, do the interviews afterwards. Okay. All right. Kind it's a good gig. I, I roll. Hey, that DAZN, those those zone checks, they're heavy. Not I, quite I, not quite on, on Canelo's level, but I'm I I'm, cashed I'm a few. People remember me from the Usyk Bellew fight. I cashed a few of them things. 
But, hey, Chris Mannix is now taking all the money. Congratulations <laughs> on your success. Enjoy the fight this weekend. Stream it for nineteen ninety nine. Wherever you want to stream it, you're going to see some Mannix. Thanks so much, brother. Thanks, Brian. All right. Now sitting in with us, DAZN announcer, talent, exciting former two-division champion, currently fighting at 154. It's Jesse Vargas. And, Jesse, when you look at your recent run of terror, man, I know the judges had a couple of draws in there, but this has been one great fight after another. Yeah. This isn't the same Jesse Vargas, the slick boxer from the early days, man. What's going on here? You know, we're changing it up. We want to show the fans and we want to give the fans the best fights out there. And that's the reason why we're continuing to elevate our game. Now I'm training with Freddie Roach, Hall of Fame trainer. Nice. And he's been helping me elevate my game. And, and you know what? The fans really, really were impressed with my last outing, which was last weekend, actually. Friday night at the Forum of Englewood. It was televised on the zone. We fought a another former two-division world champion in Huberto Soto. Tough as balls, this guy, Oh, man. my God. That guy has never been knocked out. And, you know, he he has uh, the heart of a warrior. He continued to press forward. I mean, the minute that the bell rang, he just came out throwing flurries. He surprised me. He surprised me with the speed as well. There was a headbutt. Well. There, there was a bad cut. I mean, he was punching with you, yeah. but your power really took over by the mid, midpoint in that Yeah, play. that's correct. You know, um, the thing about Humberto is that he came out, and he came out as a warrior. He came out either ri- to ride or die inside that ring. You know, he's, he gave it his all, just like he said in the press conference. He said, I'm going to, you know, I, I leave my heart out in that ring each and every fight, and I'm going to do so this Friday night also. And, and he did just that. Now, he, credit to you for stopping him, but were you – not surprised, but his hand speed for being 38 years old is, is interesting. Brandon Rios had trouble with it. The first thing that I thought of when he landed the combination, I said, oh, my, this guy's, this guy's fast. I didn't expect <laughs> this. But, um, you know, I had to literally just uh, calculate his uh, rhythm, you know, his speed. Once I got it down, I said, okay, it's going to the attack. All right, all right. Well, we saw you in back-to-back draws with Adrian Broner, Thomas DeLorme. You could have made arguments that you won. Both fights, though, were, were, were great fan-friendly fights. That, now you're 54. You want titles at 40 and 47. What division is best for you moving forward? And in, the, in this DAZN family, what's kind of a big fight you're looking out at? First of all, with uh, responding to your question, 154 pounds is my weight division now. And I'm, and I'm pursuing becoming a three-division world champion. I've become champion at uh, super, uh, what is it? Uh, light, super lightweight, I believe it is. They have several names for it. Light, welterweight, super lightweight. And then again, the welterweight division. I uh, became a world champion there, and now I'm looking at the super welterweight division, at, which is 154 pounds to become a champion there. There's a gentleman, who has the belts there? There's a gentleman named Jaime Munguia who lives in DAZN who, who makes fun fights just like yourself. Exactly. That would be a very entertaining fight, and that's the reason why I am pursuing it. Not only I, but Eddie Hearn, my, my, my promoter, Matchroom Boxing, DAZN is, is stoked to have that fight on, on DAZN as well. So, I mean, uh, sky's the limit, but... I like that fight. I think we can make it. You know, it's, it's very doable. Well, Styles make fights, and he, Jaime, has almost a Jared Swift hurt another title holder in this division. Style, he's going to walk you down and test your backbone. But you have the combination of being able to be rugged, go to the body, but you can box too. I don't know. I might, I might, I might like your chances in that one. I love my chances in that fight. But, uh, I mean, it would be a tough one no matter what. I know that I have to prepare properly if the fight was made, uh, which uh, the possibilities are high. Let's not lie to our fans. You know, the possibilities are high for that fight happening this year, late this year. Uh, his promoter is interested as well. The fighter, I mean, I spoke to Jaime Munki. I'm a pretty, pretty straightforward type of guy. I saw him at the Brandon Rios fight when Humberto Soto beat Brandon Rios uh, a few months ago. And I, uh, I expressed my, my, uh, my feelings on how the fight would be very interesting for the fight fans. And he agreed. So, you know, we're both open to it. We hope that we can give it to the fans. And I know that they would, they would love it.
I, I would love that for sure. Uh, you've been an interesting career from the business standpoint. Uh, you've, you've been with different managers, different promoters, different networks. You've been able to swivel, make your own call. Some people get with a certain, let's say, advisor, manager, and then they get stuck there. They don't want to be there. You were with Floyd at one point, Heyman at one point. How have you been able to, to navigate that so swiftly? Yeah, you know what? Um, just being a good businessman, uh, you, you have to uh, know your value, uh, know what's out there, uh, be willing to, to be open and freely and, and straightforward, straight to the point. You know, that's the thing about me. I like to be straightforward, respect to each and every person that I've worked with in the past. Um, whether they all help me in one way or another, you know, we all help one, one another, you know, uh, somehow. Because without the fighter, the promoter doesn't make money. Without the promoter, the, promoter, the fighter just, uh, you know, doesn't make money either. So we both help, help each other, and it's a business, you know. And uh, I think that the promoters understand that. And uh, the fans, just as long as you're willing to give the fans great fights, that's all that matters to them. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be in the position that I'm able to give them just that, you know, just nothing but entertaining fights. As you said, the the uh, last fight against uh, Soto, the Broner fight. Oh, they the loved body shots it. and the Broner fight were yeah, insane. Yeah, they loved it. You know, Thomas Learn fight, the Pacquiao fight, they loved that one as well. Hey, you, was, put, it, you put Bradley on Queer Street late in that fight too, you know. You, you know, so we don't stop. We, right, we, we have right. the heart of a warrior. We continue to push forward. And I'm just happy to be in the position now where I'm with Matchroom Boxing, the zone. Uh, and, and we're making big things happen. I'd like to see you one day against Amir Khan. Not only would it be a fun fight, but Amir Khan's had a similar career where he, if he wants a big fight, he goes to his manager and promoter and says, I don't care about the network issues. Make this big fight. So maybe that in your future can't, can't match make. But we've got to talk Canelo Jacobs I like here. that fight. Oh, I like that fight, I but go ahead. Fans would too. I saw you in the ring with Sergio Moro. I'm sure there's a lot of great content on zone. We can see breaking down this fight. When you look at Canelo Jacobs, What's the key? Forget the judges for a second. I know it's a big-time narrative, but what's the key for Daniel Jacobs in your eyes to sway those judges to have success in this fight? You know what? He just has to stick to his game plan, stick to the tactic that his uh, trainer, Rozier, put up for him, that he trained in training camp three months for, perfect it. I mean, perfect it he has already done, I'm sure, but make sure to uh, stick to it every second of the fight because it's that important. He needs to make sure to show the judges that he's in control for the entire fight, almost the entire three minutes of the fight, because the favorite is Canelo. So he needs to make sure that he is uh, outboxing Canelo is the best way to put it. And uh, be very versatile, though. That's the thing about this fight. You know, even being in, inside the ring and giving the keys to, fe- to the keys of victory, it was very tough because both fighters not only have one way of winning two or three, they need to be versatile. They need to possibly fight as a Julio Chavez for what Canelo for a, one moment. And then the other moment, fight like a Sugar Ray Leonard. And then the other moment, fight like a Floyd Mayweather. Why? Because they need to confuse their opponent. They need to confuse them, keep them on their toes, never let them know what's going on next, what's coming next. And um, that's the reason why it's, 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 it's a very interesting fight. It's going to be a chess match in there. It's going to really come down to who had the best game plan in training camp and um, who, had, who prepared better. All right, Canelo finally getting the critical respect that the people who looked at him as just a pretty boy just a you know just a pay-per-view seller i think in the second golovkin fight by standing in there right in front of him he sort of won back any of the remaining critics what does he do in that ring that he doesn't get enough credit for um versatile versatile is the word for it you know he he does everything quite well uh you know he's an extraordinary fighter he's mentally there he's mentally positive mentally strong you know his, his mental fortitude definitely carries him out and puts him in the position where he's in now. And uh, 
of course, the, the, the money, I'm sure, doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> you know what touching I mean? M's, touching Ma- a lot of M's. Making all that money, breaking records, I'm sure that persuades him to fight stronger, fight harder. <laughs> uh, every round, I'm sure he's going to be thinking to himself, okay, we made this contract, we've got to keep fighting. <laughs> and uh, No, but honestly speaking, it's just um, he's a fighter that, you know, he had high hopes, high dreams as a young man, and, and now he's, uh, he's, he's uh, making those dreams a reality. And this goes out to all the young kids out there, you know, all the parents too. You know, um, inform your kids, tell them how dreaming can become a reality, and it, it will be a re- reality if they really focus themselves on uh, pursuing that goal and that dream. Dreams become goals. Goals become objectives, you know, that they, they just need to reach, you know, and, and I admire people that, that are able to reach success, you know, and I, um, what can I say? I mean, these guys here have, have worked so many years since they were kids to be in the position they're in now. It's been years and decades, how's that? Decades of hard work, and now, you know, they're in one of the biggest fights of the year, you know, which uh, I, I definitely want to invite everyone to tune into the zone. This is going to be one of the best boxing matches of the year. Yeah. You know, um, literally, I mean, when it comes to skill, these both fighters are, are highly skilled. They are evenly matched. They're very talented. And I think that you're going to see entertainment come Saturday night. I love it. We get we get insight. We get inspiration from Jesse Vargas. And speaking of going for your dreams, 154. You are next, my friend. Jesse Vargas coming for that title. God Pleasure willing. talking to you, man. Same we can here. see more of your content on the zone. Exactly. Best of luck. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Sitting in with the great promoter himself, Tom Loeffler of K2 Promotions fame, 360 Promotions fame. Tom, this is a dirty <laughs> business, and you're one of the, the nicest gentlemen we have here. How'd you pull that off? Brian, I'm trying, trying to survive. I'm actually now, my hat is uh, specifically up here in Las Vegas, Triple G Promotions. Nice, there you so, go. So uh, Triple you go. G just signed his new deal with uh, DAZN. Uh, coincidentally, the same deal that, uh, same station or platform that uh, Canelo Alvarez signed with, so... There's no secret to why Triple G has signed also with the DAZN. That's a fight that the fans want to see. Triple G is the only fighter that had fought both Canelo and uh, Danny Jacobs. Uh, He's going to be up here to see the fight. Arguably, he's the only fighter that beat both Canelo and Danny Jacobs. I thought he did too, yes. You know, I thought he did uh, as well. But, you know, that's in the past. We're looking forward. uh, You know, Triple G would love to get the winner of this fight if it's Canelo Alvarez. And if uh, Triple G wins his fight June 8th at Madison Square Garden Steve Rolls, against yes. Steve Rolls from Canada, then, uh, you know, they're pretty much on a collision course to fight each other for a third time. All right. So, Tom, the rumors of your, you know, demise with Triple G have been greatly exaggerated, right? Can we can we put that out there? I mean, what's I don't know how people report sources these days. Sources uh, were telling people the wrong things. I think they were just uh, listening to the wrong sources. But... You know, there has been a shakeup. You know, it's uh, someone that I thought was uh, irreplaceable. Uh, Abel Sanchez has yes. been with them longer than, than I'd been with them. Uh, you know, I, I've been with Triple G uh, eight years now and uh, Abel like nine and a half years. So, uh, you know, that's something I'm, I'm close with Abel. I'm close with Triple G naturally. That was something between the two of them. This is a tough divorce. You're in the middle. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. You know, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I'm stuck in the middle, but uh, I'm friendly with uh, with both guys. Yes. And, uh, you know, I work for uh, Triple G and uh, running his promotional company and, you know, guiding, continuing to guide his career. Arguably one of the most uh, dominant fighters of recent times when he had 23 knockouts in a row, 20 title defenses in a row. 
uh, tying the great Bernard Hopkins. And by the way, Bernard is happy that he only tied him. We've got to be honest <laughs> I, here. I think he was sweating, uh, sweating that <laughs> night, and I think his screaming uh, with the judges uh, that night, uh, he was sitting right behind Adelaide Bird, and I don't know, the, the, <laughs> the continuing uh, commentary from Bernard might have swayed her, uh, her card. Who knows? Oh, but uh, it, uh, look, we're, again, we're looking forward. Uh, if there could be a third fight with Canelo yes. and uh, Triple G, that's the fight, fight that the fans want to see. It's one of those unique combinations, Brian, where you got two of the most marketable guys in the sport of boxing and at the same time two of the best guys in the sport of boxing, two guys on the pound-for-pound lists, two guys that have huge international fan bases. And they make action fights, let's be honest. Those were many classics we saw. That the first it, it was. you know, The first fight was more of a chess match. Canelo was uh, more defensive in the first fight. I think it was more cautious uh, getting in uh, with Triple G the first time. You could see the second time. He had a lot more confidence going 12 rounds with Triple G. He actually stood his ground a lot more. I don't think he won the second fight, but he did fight with a lot more vigor, a lot more uh, determination the second time around. And so you have to give him credit for that. Frankly, I think that uh, he learned a lot from the Triple G fights. Uh, People ask me who who I would favor. I like Danny Jacobs a lot. He's a great guy, especially outside the ring with his family. I met his son, and you know I have a lot of respect for Danny. I like Danny a lot. I would have to give the uh, the edge to Canelo in this fight. You, know, you never know how the, the styles are going to match up. That's the key because as much as Triple G was able to control Canelo with his jab, and that's yeah. ultimately why I scored both fights for him, mm-hmm. he wasn't able to get that right hand off consistently. I have to say my eye test tells me maybe Danny's a little quicker than Triple G. We know he can switch stances, which seem to not confuse but, but calm Triple G down in that Jacobs fight. You never know. I mean, Ali beats Foreman, but Foreman blows away Frazier. You never know. Yeah, you don't know. I, I, I would say that uh, the level Canelo's at and with the pressure he's going to put on Danny, you know, the key is Canelo to get in close. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to have a, you know, a great body attack planned out uh, against Danny. But, uh, you know, Danny's jab, like you said, he's got the speed. He does switch. I just don't know if he can control Canelo like uh, Triple G did with, uh, with the jab. All right. Talk to me about Triple G's mindset. We know he's going to announce a new trainer this weekend. And on Boxing Podcast, we debate, we use that pro wrestling term, <laughs> heel turn, because it feels yeah. like Smiley Triple G is now taking no prisoners. He's not even speaking English anymore. <laughs> He's just like, I got screwed a couple times, I think, in this business, so I'm just going at it. What's yeah. really going on inside his head these days? You know, he was really disappointed uh, with the decision of the last fight where, uh, you know, he has so much respect for the sport of boxing. You know, his amateur days, he went to the Olympics. Uh, you know, he accumulated a number of... Uh, uh, of the titles again you know setting or tying uh, record title defenses you know so he, he had invested so much of his life in the sport of boxing and to have his belts taken away by one point on one of the judges cards uh, the 12th round was scored by two of the judges that scored it for Canelo uh, for Canelo and if only one of those had scored it for Triple G he would have kept his belt so that's how close the sport of boxing is and I think it was pretty widely uh uh, agreed that Triple G won that 12th round. Um, Canelo had slipped uh, during the 12th round. He landed those two big uppercuts. But again, we don't have to g- dwell on that. Uh, it just, uh, to, to get back to your question, uh, you know, after that, uh, he took some time off. He had a, he had a, third, uh, uh, a third child. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, spent a lot of time with the family. We worked out the, his new TV deal. In the process, uh, he couldn't agree with Abel on, on uh, terms going forward uh, to uh, training his career. 
So this is uh, interesting times for for Triple G. How is he going to not only, like you said, Brian, do the styles match up between two fighters, but how do the styles match up between a fighter and a trainer? You can have a legendary trainer, a guy like Freddie Roach or, or like Emmanuel Stewart, and they don't fit for every fighter. Right. Uh, Emmanuel fit great for Vladimir Klitschko, for example, uh, but maybe not for other fighters. And so uh, it's going to be interesting uh, for for our side and for the fans to see how Triple G reacts. You know, he has such a long history with Abel, training in that stable environment in Big Bear, knowing what's going on, to really you got to get used to a new trainer, pad work, uh, different combinations, devising strategies. You know, Abel was famous for the whole Mexican style, you know, and I think very responsible for a large part of Triple G's fan base with the Mexican fan base. We'll see how that carries forward to the June 8th fight, if he's going to be that destructive machine that he's been really the majority of his career, uh, or, you know, how he reacts. So that, that's there's a lot of intrigue going into it. And at the same time, you have a hungry fighter, Steve Rolls, two-time national champion for the Canadian team. Uh, I got Lou DiBella in my ear saying, saying, you should know more about this guy. He's hungry. He's ready. Look, Lou, uh, he told us, he said, Steve is not going to let you down. He's going to come to win this fight. And, and uh, you know, if, if Triple G has a misstep, it's a huge sidestep for his career. Not only does he change trainers, if for some reason he doesn't look as sharp as he does, if uh, he's for sure not underestimating Steve Rolls. There's, there's no question about that. But, again, you don't know how the style is going to match up. And uh, when you got a hungry guy undefeated 19-0, and 0, uh, someone that Lou will tout. You know, he's pitched him to us a number of times before. This uh, just happened to be the time where he fit. Triple G's coming back to Madison Square Garden. We built his career at, in New York at, at the Garden. And uh, he's one of the few fighters that can sell out Madison Square Garden. He did twice against Danny, uh, Danny Jacobs and against David Lemieux. Yes. Uh, Anthony Joshua's fighting there June 1st. And uh, Triple G's fighting there June 8th. So it's one of those historic weeks or two weeks at the Garden where you have back-to-back Guys that are fighting there that can sell out. You've got a lot for your 1999 if Absolutely. you slide into the zone. I want to just ask you quickly. We know there's a rematch clause for Canelo. So let's say Jacobs pulls the upset. We right. may see that again in the fall. Sure. We love Triple G as fans because he always wants to fight the best. Could right. he be looking at an Andre this fall? I mean, would he be chasing another title if he can't get Canelo? You know, we'll look at uh, who's the best available guy that's out there. You know, there there's some big names now at uh, 160 pounds. Uh, there's some big names at 168, so I wouldn't rule out. You know, this is the first non-title fight that I've been involved with Triple G, so that's why he said, you know, I'm not going to kill myself to make 160. At the same time, Steve Rolls normally fights at 168, so he made the uh, concession to uh, come up and, and fight the bigger guy uh, with Steve Rolls. And, um, you know, whoever's out there, if, if he's successful in June, whoever's the biggest name out there, you know, Charlo's out there, like you said, Andrade's out there. Um, Billy Joe Sanders is still out there. That's, true. That's we someone, still want to see that. Yeah. Someone we couldn't get in the ring uh, when he had that WBO title. That would have made uh, our life a lot easier trying <laughs> hey, to I get that undisputed. Carl Frotch in the alleyway out there, and he said his nose might be too pretty, we but were, he might come back. You never know here. We right? were. Re- I was really uh, pushing Eddie a lot when uh, when uh, Carl had sold out uh, Wembley Stadium against uh, George Groves. I said, look, if a Triple G comes to uh, UK and fights George uh, Carl Frotch, who's a bigger guy. Much bigger guy, very dangerous fight, and uh, Eddie loved that fight. It's just George didn't love that fight, you know. Oh. And and to be fair to George, uh, I mean to be fair Carl. to Carl, Carl Froch, he had retired, so you know you don't want to like 
try to you know call out people who are retired but uh, I think a lot of that had to do with he did have his nose uh, <laughs> it's a lot straighter now than it was <laughs> when he was boxing and I think he wanted to keep it straight so he knew he knew fighting Triple G might be a dangerous proposition. All right, in closing, Tom, you've done such a great job of getting the flyweight's attention, getting them on TV. Yeah. We just saw Juan Francisco Estrada beat right. SSR, Sreesi Ket Sor Rung Visay in yeah. the rematch. We've seen classics there. Can we get Chocolatito back in that mix? Can uh, we see some more of those big ones? We've done a lot of fights with Chocolatito. We have a lot of respect for Mr. Honda. Um, you know, I kind of opened the doors uh, at that time for the super flyweights. You know, I, I, I was proud to have done the first fight of uh, Cisriquette versus Estrada. And uh, you got to give Estrada a lot of credit. He came back and he, he won the second fight. Uh, it was a great fight the first time. It was a great fight the second time. Uh, but Chocotito really is still the, uh, the top name in that division. Yes. So uh, I think we'll see uh, now that uh, we have that deal uh, worked out for Triple G on the zone. I think we'll see. Uh, the return of uh, Superfly as well. All right, Tom Luffer, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Best Thanks, of luck Brian. to you. Triple G Promotions moving on. Oh, yeah. 2.6 million Instagram followers. Can't be wrong, Ryan Garcia. Yeah, cannot be wrong with that. One of the biggest stars in boxing, in social media and beyond. Hey, and a new father. Congratulations. Yeah. Saw the action there yeah, yeah. On, on the internet there. How, how, you're 20 years old. How does it feel, man? It feels great. I mean, you know, it's a blessing, you know. I, I I didn't know what to expect at first, you know. Being a, a young dad, I have you know a lot of things going on, and then now I had a baby, so I didn't know. But till I met her, you know, I seen her in my arms, and it's like it gave me so much motivation, and fire. I'm like, man. So this is what they say when you see your daughter <laughs> or something like that. So you know, it feels good, and now you know I have even more to fight for in my career. I love it. I love it. Just 20 years old. You, you, you've made some noise in the ring through 18 fights, of course, 15 KOs. Yeah. But I saw some changes in you since you've taken on the new trainers. You've taken on Chepo Reynoso, Eddie Reynoso, the, the brains yeah. behind what Canelo has done. Yeah. How has that changed you as a fighter in the ring? You know, I think more just visualizing, seeing Canelo train, you know, and then, of course, Eddie teaching me the new defense and just little things that, you know, I needed to understand, you know, poise control over a, a, a 10, 12-round bout. You know, I couldn't buy that experience, the, the experience they have. you see how Canelo grew over the years and, and kept on getting better and better. So, you know, it's a blessing that I get to be in the camp, and you're going to see me even get better each fight. I love it. I love it right there. I love the confidence. Yeah. Now, here's the deal, and no one has to tell you this, all right? When you're a good-looking fighter with a following on social media, you're going to get your haters. Every fighter that steps into the CBS Sports Data Combat podcast that's around your weight has your name in their mouth. I want to prove that this guy's a bust. Yeah. I want to <laughs> silence this guy. I mean, from Teofimo Lopez yeah, yeah. to I to Gervonta Tank yeah, Davis. Yeah, yeah. What the heck's going on here? You know, uh, they're just probably shocked on how, you know, they pop, a lot of people probably tell them, hey, when are you going to fight Ryan Garcia? They always like, Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia. So they're tired of hearing my name. Like, but they're going to have to get used to it because it's not going to stop. I mean, I'm just getting started. I'm 20 years old. It's, it's crazy how far I got ahead of so many, you know, people in the sport of boxing in, in, in like, popularity. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying skill level. I don't want nobody to take it the wrong way. <laughs> but, you know, there's definitely – I definitely have talent over a lot of people, like speed, power, et cetera. But, you know, now it's all about experience and learning. I got all day. I mean, I'm already ahead of the game. Can, so, you, can you learn, though, honestly, being in the same promotion, same camp, if you will, with Canelo and Oscar, two very good-looking gentlemen who have been called – 
more hype than, than substance, and they had to prove it. It took yeah. a long road to get there, yeah. and obviously they became Hall of Fame studs. Yeah. What do you learn from them in terms of the conversations? You know, I learned from them that you got to block out the noise and just worry about yourself. If I'm comparing myself to all these other fighters, you know, except Javante, Teo, um, Devin, all these other fighters, you know, how am I going to get better within myself? So I, I learned, you know, just worry about myself, get better in the gym every day, and history will present itself. You know, when I win a big fight or, or this, I will leave a legacy, not the talking. You know what I mean? All right, what's the key to being a social media phenomenon in 2019? Is it just take off your shirt and sing? Because I'm a little bit washed at 40. I don't think anyone's looking for me. I mean, I think if you did that, you would go viral maybe. I mean, on other reasons, but, you know, it's all good as long as you go viral. So take off your shirt and sing, brother. Do you think, okay, obviously, look, you're, you're a talented gentleman. I yeah, see yeah. you singing on there. You're a good-looking dude. But do you think you've, you've got a strategy? That, that is helping you get there as well? You know, I definitely, as a kid, you know, growing up, I knew I had potential to become big on social media just because, you know, I seen other kids do it. I'm like, you know, if that kid could do it, I for <laughs> sure could do it. And I just incorporated it with my boxing. And then before you knew it, everybody was posting me. And, you know, I go now I walk down the street. All right, let me tell you this. There's not one other boxer other than the superstars like Canelo, Joshua, and, like, let's say Conor McGregor or Mayweather, like the top of the top, mm -hmm. the kings of the sport, that I walk around anywhere in the world, I'm getting stopped. Hey, Ryan Garcia, yo, Ryan wow. Garcia. Just right now, I'll show you a video just right now. You're going to show us some DMs? We've been, we've no, been no, waiting no, no, for no, years. No, those, right? are, those are crazy. Those are a little sloppy. All you right, don't right. want to see this. <laughs> those are crazy. Hold up. But look at this. I was just, look at this. Crazy. I was on a shuttle and everybody stopped me. They were like, oh my God, you're Ryan Garcia. They're going crazy. We got bros in there. Normally, Bro, no, I got every age group little girls, little boys. Right. It's crazy. It's, it's phenomenal. Everybody wants a piece of Rye Guy. Did you pick a nickname yet? I think we talked about that last time. No. Do I you mean, need one? I'm Ryan Garcia, King Rye. Oh, King Rye. King yeah, Rye is King where Rye. it's at. You All know, right. honestly, I don't care about the nickname anymore. I'm already, you know, they. I walk around, Ryan Garcia, that's all they know me by. They don't call me King or anything. They just say Ryan Garcia. All right, we know you're a man in demand. We know at some point you, you seem like you were going on more proms in the state of California that I've never seen. I mean, yeah. you make your fans very happy, and yeah, I'll give yeah. it up to you. Since becoming a father, has the, has the, uh, the, the women, have they? Have they, you know, they love me even more. They, that's what I was going to say, because, yeah. you know, one time I got cleaned up and got a girlfriend, yeah. and, they, and suddenly the people are calling it's me. It's crazy. was like, oh, if you do this, do that. I'm like, dude, if they see you with a with girl, they're going to love you even more. They're going to, like, it's different. Like, now they're just supporting. Before they were trying to get at me, but now it's like, you know, I'm going to support them. But as a single dad, I feel like girls love it even more. It's kind of crazy. All right. Wow. What they're telling me, I, I might should. Never wow, mind. we may have to have an after dark <laughs> podcast. Oh, last time you were on this show, we played fun. We had a scenario. We said, look, what if the studs of Golden Boy? What if Rye Guy, Lemieux with the great hair, yeah, yeah. Canelo and Oscar all go into a nightclub and there's one girl? And you said on this show it would be you. And I went straight to the source to Oscar, <laughs> all right, at last year's Golovkin fight, and I said, Here's what Fry Guy said, and he was confident. And Oscar said, Come on, man. Come on. I'm the OG. Uh, All right. Don't come give on. me that Oscar. If, I, if he was here, I would, let, I would let him have it. I would let him have it. He, he has game. He's got something. Here's the he, golden boy. He, right? He's the golden boy. But, you know, when Ryan comes in, just I have a good mouthpiece. All right. All right. Let, let, let's it get fits perfect. I could, I could talk nonsense <laughs> with you forever, but to get yeah. serious about fighting here, yeah. um, give me a weight class and give me a time frame when you're ready for that big step up fight. 135. Um, I know Mikey just vacated his title at 135. That's open for me right now to take it. So wow. Eddie says I'm ready now. Eddie sees me in the gym. I spar some good pros, but 
I'm telling you, the things I'm learning, I'm just going to get better. So, honestly, I could have maybe two more tune-up fights. I don't know who. I don't care who. I want to fight that guy from the U.K. I don't know. He was calling me out. I don't know. What Which guy is that? I don't know. He was, like, ranked number three. He's undefeated. Not the guy with the beard that Farmer beat. That guy, nah, Jonah nah, nah, Not that dude. No, 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 no. I don't want right. to fight him. That's He's too small. He doesn't hit hard enough. I want to fight that one guy that was calling him out. I don't know his name. I think it was, like. I got to find out. Right. I think well, Warrington. Warrington. Oh, Josh Warrington. That's who I want to The title fight. holder at 126, it, Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, not him. Some other guy from the UK okay. was calling me out. We'll set Some that up. Some bloke, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever right. you want to call him. I want to fight him because he keeps on pressing me to fight him. I'm like, dude, all right, I'll give you your shot. He doesn't hit hard. This is the thing. He has skills, but he doesn't hit hard. So I think I'm going to walk through him. All right. Who does hit hard is Teofimo Lopez, yeah, yeah. and he's been on this show. We played you the sound last time. You talked bad about you. It happens, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was Loma. Can he beat Vasily no, Lomachenko? I, I don't think, look it. There's the thing. He hasn't fought a sharpshooter yet. He hasn't fought somebody that has accuracy, precision. Look it. Teo, don't get me wrong. He has good skills and everything, but I think he's missing. A, a, a couple things to his game. I mean, it, it, well, he just got married. He's got that thing locked up, all right? Oh, uh, congratulations! I can't get married right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, all love to him. I, I don't hate on nobody as long as he keeps, you know, winning. We'll have a super fight one day, and hopefully, you know, he definitely would be B side. I don't want to hear him say he's the face of boxing. I don't ever say it. He wow. said that wow. a couple times. He said a lot of crazy things. All right, in yeah. closing here, <laughs> it's Canelo Jacobs fight week. It's the big leagues. It's great. Asking My you brother's for a prediction. My brother's you got the same trainer as Canelo. I know you're a Canelo guy here. <laughs> yeah. But what's the key to victory? What's this fight going to look like? Talk, talk about it. This isn't what the fight's going to look like. Canelo's going to walk around. Canelo's not going to go backwards, obviously. Can't. Uh, Jacob's way taller. Canelo's going to walk him down, and uh, he's going to be setting him up with fates, and then he's going to crack him with a shot over the top right hand, knock him out cold. Watch wow. this what I'm calling it. If it, happens, it. if it happens, then... I don't just tell it, man. Ryan knew everything. What the wow, f- this guy shoots his shot. He goes for the kill. Yes. Wow, he's killing hearts all around the yes. world. I'm Ryan sorry. Garcia, maybe we'll have 2.6001 million followers when I start following you on Instagram, yeah. brother. Okay? Oh I, I think God. I'm missing out on this show right I'm here. I'm almost right? at 2.7, so you might wow. be 2.7. Wow, just don't ask about the DMs. He did tell us that it does still go down. It, it, it goes, goes down, down every day of the month. No, every wow. day of the week. My, pro- <laughs> my producer, Dane, is sitting here smiling. You know, Dane, I like we're a little this too old for the DMs, right? Are we, uh, no, right, no, right. come on. Okay, Don't okay. do that. Don't throw him under the bus. He's my age here. He's not as washed as me. But Ryan Garcia, King Ryan, thank you, sir. Yeah, Best no. of luck to you. No, thank you guys for having me. Wow. Wow, that was some great big-time audio getting you fired up. For Canelo Jacobs this weekend on DAZN. Look, you know where to find that fight, right? Streaming exclusively on DAZN. And not a bad deal, $19.99 per month. Live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. You better believe State of Combat has all the exclusive VIP access, not just in this podcast, but on Friday's bonus show. Please go back in those archives and revisit Rafe Bartholomew and I previewing this fight in disgusting, gratuitous detail. Live from the Philippines for Rafe. Wish he could be out here with me this weekend. You don't get fights like this every week, guys. You know, champion versus champion. Three of the four belts at stake. It's a big one for DAZN. This is, they're going to kill pay-per-view. This is their first time. This is their first big one. Giving it to you for a good price. We'll see what happens. 
tickets still available, apparently. So uh, get out there and get that if you are going to be here in Las Vegas. Hey, stop by. Give your boy BC a high five. Just don't try to steal one of my internal organs. You know what I'm talking about. I want to wake up in a bathtub somewhere in a abandoned Las Vegas building or a massage parlor or something. All right, Robert Kraft, that's where I'm going with that. All right. Thank you. So, uh, hey, special thanks to all our guests. The great Todd Grisham and all the others through Sugar Ray Leonard to Golden Boy for uh, for putting us up here. So it's a good time. Good time. Great oldies in Las Vegas and just the beginning, folks. The State of Combat also hitting you up with the pro wrestling this week. Check that out. Revisit that collaboration. Thank you very much. That's all I got. That's all I got, folks. All right. For my producer, Dane Clevin, the Clevenator. I'm your boy, Brian Campbell. Follow us at State of Combat. And, uh, yeah, you know, keep those DMs clean. We out.